And he's injecting babies' fetuses into his bloodstream in <laughs> Switzerland. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, October 23rd, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 350. This is No Agenda. Cloned and droned here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, the land of equal opportunity bashing by me. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. That's right. Equal opportunity bashing, eh? So, uh, I guess this, uh, nothing to see here moment continues. <laughs> Hold on a second. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Oh, look, look at that. that. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, are you referring by any chance to, uh, the killing of the colonel? Killing of the colonel. <laughs> right, that's a show, show title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you're talking about, right? The killing of the colonel. So, uh, I was watching Newsnight. Yes. And there seems to be a political thing going on between uh, our uh, agencies and the British I think the British, after the killing of the colonel, the British have gotten. <laughs> I'm liking. I'm liking how that sounds. By the way, yeah, <laughs> they're like they're the British are getting all puffed up about it. They think this is great, so they. I'm convinced now because we've been watching this trend about Syria, where we we cut them off, mm-hmm. and and Bahrain and all these other Bahrain and all these other places. They're, we're not having anything to do with it, and uh, the British seem to be intent on going into Syria, and now they're goading us. And if you anyone gets to see the last week's news night, which is that once a week show on the BBC, that's kind of like sixty minutes, but it's not. Oh wow, I, I missed. Do you have a clip of that? And I did, but you know it's so long. long it's right. easier for me to summarize than play a right. long couple right. long. And there's more than one clip. So they did two things. First, they emphasized how bad things are in Syria with these shots of you know protesters shaking their fists. And, yeah. But you know it was obviously a small group. Yeah. And then they you know they went on and on and on. Then they did a demeaning piece on Gaddafi. Yeah. Showing that he was an a, an. An Evil. idiot fashionista and something of a, a crackpot moron. <laughs> According to the uh, British tabloid this morning, by the way, the Sports Sunday front page, uh, his body was that of a woman with <laughs> with fully no, developed female okay. genitalia. This, this is <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, but and so anyway, there you go. So, they, so there was that, and then they brought on. Okay, now let's let's make the Americans look like a bunch of clowns. Mm-hmm. They brought the la- The one segment was a long segment about the uh, uh, all the protests we have going on the uh, Occupy protest, right. and the spokesperson for this. Oh no, was Michael Moore. Oh well, of course. Because and the uh, clip that I, the, I, oh I will get this clip for the next show because I had to had to kind of carve it out of there. Right. But the clip the clip is Michael <laughs> Moore uh, is asked specifically. Michael, they said, "Well, what's this all about? It seems silly." And Michael Moore says, "Not silly. It's about the, the bankers and it's about the system. Everybody's sick of it." And the guy says, "Well, what will you, he says? What will you replace it with? I mean, you, <laughs> with, with my book? Cap- <laughs> no, he's replacing it with his book now. Now out right, in England. Yeah, well, that. <laughs> he says, uh, are, "Are you against capitalism?" You think capitalism's got to go? And Michael Moore just flat out says yes. Oh <laughs> should, my God! We should get rid of it. Well, that's Let's so get funny. Rid of it. So, which makes us look like a bunch of idiots, of course. So, yeah. what we have is Syria, Syria, Syria. We don't 
can't get the U.S. involved in Syria. And here's part of the reason the U.S. are a bunch of idiots that have been sidetracked by their own Occupy movement with it, with morons like this guy. It was a mess. It was a subtext message. I've never seen anything so blatant. These British really want to go to war with Syria. Well, that's interesting. That's, one last thing yeah, just to sure. throw it in as a kind of a kicker. I'm. You know, the, the, I still believe, and we've talked about this, that the Russians have something to do with that. We made a deal with them. The Russians signed an agreement with Exxon. I'm convinced British Petroleum is behind the whole thing because they never signed up. They got the screwed. They, they got screwed in uh, in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, they, no, of course. So the British want to screw up Syria because that's a Russian port. It's really a Russian Wait a minute. Company. Are you telling me this is about oil, John? <laughs> no. about, in this case, it's about no. oil company pride. <laughs> hey, first of all, in the morning to you, my friend. And in the morning to you and in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground. Yes, and all those cloned Gaddafis being droned. And, uh, and our human resources who uh, have shown up once again en masse in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net as we do the show live every Thursday and Sunday morning, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in these Gitmo Nation of United States. It's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, I do have a couple of real short clips. Um, so our our president, uh, you know that guy, the uh, Obama guy. He does, yeah, he does his YouTube address uh, every single week, and uh, and I'm one of the 700 people who watches it, <laughs> which is literally how many views he gets. Is that, it? Is that the yeah. number? Oh yeah, it's like 700. Um, and he uh, so it's 21 seconds. He asserts first of all that we are global leaders. Which is basically like, here, limeys, take that, bitches. But then he says something that I need some help on understanding because words matter. And this is a hard one. This week, we had two powerful reminders of how we've renewed American leadership in the world. So, okay, so we are uh, we, uh, renewed American leadership. Yeah. We, Don't we have it? We, we've renewed it. I think our library card expired and we had to go renew it. And uh, we do it in two ways. One... I was proud to announce that, as promised, as I promised, the rest of our troops in Iraq will come home by the end of this year. Nice. And in Libya, Didn't he promised that was going to happen a couple of years ago. No, he promised. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay, go on, I got go a whole on. Iraq thing, but right now, this is the important yeah. bit. This is the important. Let's get back to the, the killing of the colonel. The death of Muammar Gaddafi showed that our role in protecting the Libyan people and helping them break free from a tyrant was the right thing to do. Now. First, he says the death, not the killing, the death of Muammar Gaddafi shows that our role in, did he say liberating the uh, Libyan people was the right thing to do? I don't understand how our role in helping the Libyan people to liberate themselves was the right thing to do, apparently, if you look at the sentence structure, because the guy got killed. I, I don't understand the, the language. Do you understand what he's saying? I think it's just a, I've been I noticed this with some of the clips I have is that the administration currently is is and and all the Democrats in fact uh, are talking in uh, in very strange uh, non sequitur language that doesn't really make any sense like if, you, new, if you if you break it down yeah, new these speak. sentences make I got one that's a beauty it makes absolutely no sense on on any planet that I've ever visited which one is it this one. 
<laughs> well, the, oh, you mean talking about the planet? This is no, you said I've got one. So. Oh, no, I do have one, but I, it's, 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 let's bring it up. I want to hear this first. Or is, was that it? No, no, no. no, Oh, no, I'm not done. I am not I done. I want the zinger in there. Okay. <laughs> the zinger's coming. <laughs> now I'm going to drag it out a little longer. Okay. So now we go to the Canadian prime minister. Uh, what's his name? Who's the Canadian? Harper? Is that Harper still? Yeah. That guy? Yeah, it's Harper, right? And he's, it's great and fantastic. And of course, we can't forget our, our Canadian armed forces, but words matter. Listen to what he says. At this time, I should like to say how proud we all are of the prominent role played by Canada's armed forces. In cooperation with our NATO and striker group allies, they upheld the UN mandate to defend innocent Libyans against the regime's violence. I should also like to commend Lieutenant General Charles Bouchard Listen carefully. of the Royal Canadian Air Force, who led the combined NATO military mission in Libya. General Bouchard has served our country with great distinction. I've recently spoken with General Bouchard, and our government shall be speaking with our allies to, pretend to prepare for the end of our military mission. <laughs> Wow. To pretend, I mean prepare. Come How on, do you get to there. <laughs> Come on, to pretend. How do you get to pretend <laughs> because that's this is Freudian. It's what's on his mind. He's like we're just pretending to get out. We're not. We're sending more in because we got to protect our oil interests. Holy uh, crap! That is already the clip of the day. <laughs> Listen to it again. It's so good with General Bouchard, <laughs> and our government shall be speaking with our allies <laughs> to pretend to prepare <laughs> for the end of our military mission in the next few days <laughs> you know you the, that's not like a flub no that's not it's not like pretend no it's pretend he says pretend to yeah, pretend to leave pretend. <laughs> we're gonna pretend i mean prepare <laughs> i uh but Honestly, that where'd you get that one that's i give that's you that's the, that is from that is the prime minister's uh yeah, address you you <laughs> It is. You never listen to Harper. Where did you get that? Oh, somebody sent it to you. Noagendanewsnetwork.com, my friend. See, I, catch. See, Whoever I don't, caught it on the news network. I don't, I don't want to promote that too much because you'll be looking at that noagendanewsnetwork. I, well, I, I, yeah. I have a scheme afoot. All right. Hail the foot. Now, here's the best one. This is the one that, this is the most understandable uh, from Lady Macbeth herself, uh, Lucifer Clinton. That's her new nickname, Lady Macbeth. So remember uh, when she got the BlackBerry uh, and she went, wow, unconfirmed, unconfirmed reports. By the way, uh, I figured something else out because if you look at that video, the person who hands the BlackBerry to her is Huma, Huma Abedin, uh, Anthony Weiner's wife. And she is pregnant. She's got a big, big belly because she's standing and Hillary's sitting. So you, you only see her face momentarily as she steps a little further in the background. I believe... It, you know, these series of interviews, remember she was talking about uh, the interviewer was saying, you know, it's obvious you want to be a grandmother and we couldn't figure it out. That's because Huma is walking around Hillary all day, like ready to pop. And Hillary's like beside herself with joy. Anyway, doesn't matter. So she's getting ready to. So you're, you're suggesting that the baby is actually their love child. Yes, been- of course. Because Wiener is just a just a, a beard, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, which we, we've we've isolated the, the the possibilities of that. Oh, by the way, we had dinner last night with our lesbian power couple friends. Confirmed, yeah. they they like confirmed. Confirmed what? The Hillary. What? The, what the, this is nothing new. <laughs> but that's not the zinger. Here comes the zinger. Forget about all that. So she gets this news. 
and uh, ha ha ha, you know, oh, unconfirmed, blah, blah, blah. Then he interviews about to start and she lays it out so clearly. It's it's like this is this is your United States American government representative, the secretary of state, the most powerful woman in the world. Here's what she has to say about the killing of the colonel. So, I mean, that is the land of unconfirmed. Yes, we came. We saw he died. <laughs> <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, oh, I'm sure it did. Of course it did. <laughs> we came. We saw he died. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like the it's like the gratuitous drone comment from the president. But then listen to the, it's hard to hear at the end. The interviewer says, did your visit have anything to do yeah, with that? Yeah, she says, I'm sure it did. Sure. <laughs> he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, I'm, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Take that, you tranny colonel. <laughs> Unbelievable that, and you know the fact that they're not playing this clip over and over and over again on television tells me that this was not meant to slip out, and uh, and the, the people are worried about this becoming a meme because if you really truly see it, we came, we saw, got that bitch, slammed him, nine millimeter, two to the head, got you, mofo. <laughs> getting the uh, bloodthirsty nature of the especially the democrats so i'm watching i unfortunately have too many clips and we'll have to kind of dole them out during too many clips from one show and we had to dole them out during the uh entire two hours here uh of bill maher because bill maher had uh on this last week's show and people i think it's still available so people maybe they can catch it before i don't i don't think they do the whole show on uh, hbo.com i've tried that you have to like go to hulu or something i guess and uh, he had he normally has tries to do some balance on the panel by putting in one gratuitous conservative, <laughs> one token dude, one token person that can actually stop them once in a while and say, "Hey, that's yeah. bull crap." Yeah. No, this time it was all liberals. Who was on? Who was on? Oh, there was that, that douchebag from the New York Times. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Crystal? The writer, Crystal. That, no, no, what? Who? Crystal, the 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 Clooney's guy, Kristoff. No, he's not in the New York Times. He's yeah. a standard guy. Oh. Uh, no, uh, to, uh, Thomas... Uh, oh, Friedman. Thomas Friedman. Yes, yeah, CIA also, guy. Uh, Rachel Maddow. And <laughs> the weird thing about the whole show, by the way, oh, no. is... The, it, and I took a picture. I'm going to blog it because oh. I, I got one shot. Everybody, both Marr and... But mostly uh, Friedman were leaning. And the body language was astonishing on this show. Away from they, each other? No, we're lean, Well, no... Maddow looked weird because she was higher than everybody else. She has a like a has a huge torso or something. I don't know what the deal is, but she was up like two inches above everyone else, and she has her neck now is as wide as her head. <laughs> really? So she, it's very she, weird. Though, she working? She, she pumping looks, iron? She working she, out? I don't know, but she looks like Beaker on the old uh, Muppet Show, which is just kind of no. The head and the neck are all okay. one thing. All right. Anyway, so so she's way up there, and and. Friedman, in particular, is leaning so far away from her, he's almost kissing the guy next to him. Really? And Marr is leaning away from her. And then the guest that Marr brought on, some other guy, he they're all leaning away from Rachel. Like that like is she's, interesting. I love watching that. When you see people like that, and they're literally like... This like was out of 45 control. 45-degree angle. Hmm, interesting. Out of control, and it was the entire show. It was like uh, they all either hated uh, her or I have... Now I have no to go and watch that now? Uh, 
No, but so anyway, so I got a couple of interesting things that they seem to be, and Mad- Maddow's leading the charge, but Maher to the most uh, part, seems to be, they all seem to be very bloodthirsty. And yeah. if you play this clip on Maher on Obama's Republican record and think about what he's really saying here. Oh, ready? Yeah, hit it. If you just presented the Republicans with Obama's resume and didn't say who it was, they would erect statues to this guy. He killed bin Laden, he killed Gaddafi, he saved us from a depression. I mean, all just just the killing alone. Michelle, <laughs> Mal- <laughs> Michelle Malkin would name her vibrator Obama. <laughs> Wasn't going to follow up on that one. But you, 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 can, you can imagine what it would be like. I mean, if Bush were still in office, he'd have one of those teardrop tattoos like he'd get for killing guys. <laughs> but, you know... They'd be putting up mission accomplished banners that are bigger than the AIDS quilt. I mean, it's... So I I heard... All right. So what are they saying here? They're saying that Obama is Bush. Yeah, and that he should run for the Republican ticket. You know why? Because we need to get the ratings up higher on those debates, so we need to put throw Obama in. That would be perfect. Yeah, and anyway, so then that besides saying Obama is Bush and the, the Republicans should recognize this fact and it's and it's a good thing, yeah. which makes me wonder, wait, I thought he should be a Democrat, <laughs> not another version of Bush, you know, which is essentially what he's become. He's worse. They never mentioned anything about the Patriot Act or anything such as that. Or, or the Nobel they, Peace Prize. They take it one step further, and if you listen to Mara makes Obama an emperor, they're in, they're actually inferring, I suppose, that they that he should really have more power. I mean, this this whole thing is completely out of control. How good Obama is when he does not have to deal with the Republicans, which is foreign affairs and you know, defense matters. You don't have to ask permission. How good could he be if he didn't have this kind of obstructionism working domestically? It just oh my god. Oh, shoot the audience. Sort of beg that question. You probably have what? Single payer health care, at least a public option. You'd yeah. have clean air laws, as uh, Administrator Jackson was talking about. You have chitlin, so, chitlins in every pot. So they, they said, you know, this is, of course, bull crap because Obama's a stooge for the insurance company. So they never, they never wanted single payer because if they did, no. when Obama first got in office with the mandate, with the, owning the Congress and owning the, the, uh, the the how the uh, the executive branch he had the whole thing to himself he could have passed anything he wanted and he didn't do it interesting so this is bull crap but the the fact that they want to make him an emperor essentially <laughs> yeah is beyond me well you know what's your problem anyway, why why are you being so difficult <laughs> the last one that I know get with the program I'm just being I'm aghast only <laughs> as an act. I know this is going on. Yeah. But the last thing is, the crazy thing is, that now Mar goes on. I don't even, we don't even have to play this clip, but let's just put it, let me just shorten it. Uh, uh, Mar goes on about how great it is. You know, he's mocking uh, Romney and saying how, he says, Romney's bitching about the, that Obama's cutting back on on defense. And he says, no, Obama's great. He's added to the defense budget and he wants even more money for the military as though this is another good thing. Mitt Romney made a speech, a big defense policy speech last week, and he said, I will reverse Obama's massive defense cuts. Well, <laughs> the defense bill like went up <laughs> from, yeah, under Obama went from 594 to 666. 666, devil. <laughs> and next year he's asking for 730 yeah the, the only thing wrong with that with that statement is that it's completely a lie right I'm, I'm, I guess I'm nitpicking he, 
He also said that Obama's hollowed out the Navy. He's added ships. It, it's amazing the way the way the way they can ignore the reality of it because they live in the bubble. Once again, the bubble. Nothing gets in the bubble. Yeah, well, you know, we've identified that this has been going on and that uh, uh, these guys are Democrats and they are just going along with the party line, whatever they're told to do. I, I'm pretty convinced Bill Maher is just doing whatever he's told to do. Uh, otherwise, he'll be out of a job again because when he gets off the rails, he gets kicked off. And this is this is it. And people are insane. Our whole country is gone. It's it, nuts. We're it's insane. Like, you know, except for Ron Paul. Who was on who, who was on the uh the NBC Sunday show this morning. I saw him having my pancakes and he was good. He was really really good. You know sometimes he can come across a little, you know, kind of like that yeah, old guy look a little sleep, he's really good. He had he had slept well, he did the lighting was good and he was on message and it was yeah, it was really really spot on and I was quite amazed. Um and there must be some reason for him getting that. But there's a but it's it, the hubris of it, I think, is uh, is what makes me, um, which gets me really. Just saying, I was like, yeah, you know, we kill him, we're good. He's killing everyone's good. We're killing. And then when Lindsey Graham is interviewed about uh, Libya, it's just more of all the good stuff. Because you know, and and by the way, not hiding anything. Senator Graham, what do we do about that? What do we do about the chemical weapons? What do we do about these twenty thousand shoulder fired missiles? Uh, the twenty eight separate. Militia groups that are that are roaming the streets there. What is our role moving forward? Well, we're trying to influence the outcome, and one of the problems I have of leading from behind is that when a day like this comes, we don't have the infrastructure in place that we could have. I'm glad it ended the way it did. It took longer than it should have. If we'd have kept American air power in the fight from the very beginning, it would have been over a lot quicker. 60,000 Libyans have been wounded, 3,000 maimed, 25,000 killed. So let's get in on the ground. There's a lot of money to be made in the future in Libya. There's a lot of oil to be produced. Let's get on the ground and help the Libyan people... Uh, establish what? a democracy and a functioning economy based on free market principles. And yeah. when it comes to weapons control, get teams on the ground now that can assist Boots this government to make sure that this stuff doesn't fall in the wrong hands. And we don't have much of a presence. There's an opening. Get people on the ground. Get people on the ground. Woot! Money to be made. Woot! No, so 25,000 civilians were killed. And this the whole thing began to protect civilians in some town that had a population of less than that. Exactly. No, but uh, Gaddafi did that with his golden gun, you fool. That had nothing to do with bombs that we never saw on television. That was Gaddafi, man. That was Gaddafi. It's good. It, we are protecting the, the Libyans. It shows we were justice right. Justice been served. It's good. Who? Woot! <laughs> we came, we saw, he died. <laughs> that, will, that crap will haunt her. That will haunt her. We came, well, we saw, Well, she's definitely... Uh, what is that in Latin? Veni, vidi, mortem? It's very cold-blooded. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think there's reasons to go to war. World War II is a good example. Hitler. Yeah. yeah but, not a you good know, guy. this, uh, you know, no-fly zone that was, wasn't a no-fly zone. It was just basically bombing raids. Yeah, it was a carpet and, bomb uh, zone. Yeah. And then this cold-blooded, uh, you know, unhumanitarian, which is, again, it's not, as far as I always was kind of believed, there's nothing you'd get from the left. The left were supposed to be these do-gooders. And when they're given the opportunity to have the trigger or hold the gun, they're all, they're worse than the, than the Republicans, as Marr actually points out, yeah. but he, although he thinks yeah. it's a good thing. It, last night, um, it was very weird, actually, and it showed me what's going on here, and it's probably going on elsewhere. 
uh, we had dinner with our, uh, our lesbian power couple. And, uh, you know, one's like a top corporate executive at a big company, and the other one uh, has her own uh, company uh, as a psychologist and training. It's like they're very, very successful. And sweethearts, love them to death. And, uh, and all of a sudden, she starts, she says, you know, have I ever told you who my heroes are? I'm like, uh, no. And by the way, this is after some alcohol has been consumed. And she gives me her Blackberry. And on her Blackberry is Ayan Hirshi Ali. You know her, right? The uh, Somali. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With George W. Bush. And she's like, you know, these are my true heroes. I think they're great. I think what's happening, you know, protecting the country. Al-Qaeda is already here. You know, the minor inconvenience of the TSA. I'm like, pass the bottle, bitch. I I need to drink to talk to you. It was unbelievable. And it was not a, a confrontational argument, but I was really blown away about how honest and sincere she is about what I think has been mind controlled. And this is a smart woman. And it just blew me away that, you know, and, and, and by the way, th- thinks that Obama could be her next hero because of all the great things he's done by killing, you know, the, uh, the jihadists. It's frightening that this is, uh, there's real belief that this oh, yeah. is, that this, it's like real. I mean, we joke about it, right? We're like, Haha, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I'd be very afraid. <laughs> these people actually believe that Al Qaeda is here, and you know, thank goodness our, our great security apparatus has stopped the underwear bomber. And I'm like, no, that was yeah, that was the, passengers. You know, I, I always have to continually point out to people that no, the, the security apparatus did not stop the shoe bomber. It no. was the public. Public. It was the public. Yeah. It wasn't the underwear bomber wasn't stopped by security. It was the public. The public can do the job. Well, what I said, my my retort was. You know, we don't need all the TSA. Just let me wear my guns on the outside. And when someone comes to Allah Akbar, my plane, I'll put a cap in his ass. It'll be easy. You know, the public will protect the public. Once they're aware, that's what happened. Yeah. That's why the under, the shoe guy got his head caved in by a, by a, <laughs> yeah. uh, a fire extinguisher because <laughs> now that they've driven planes into buildings. It's like, hey, man, hey, hey man, don't do that. Don't do that, man. Hey, put that away. Knock you upside the head with a fire extinguisher. That's what Americans do. But, you know, we're told not to do that. Oh, leave it to the experts. Leave it to yeah. the security people. Leave it to, leave it to you know, uh, the TSA. Leave it to the Department of Homeland Security. This is what happened in Katrina when the government didn't show up. They, but they didn't let allow the local businesses to, to who had the to boats do something. and the help, the helpful equipment yeah. that they could use. They weren't yeah. allowed to do it. They were, they were told, no, no, you can't do it. You'll be arrested. Yeah, well, we're, we're turning into a huge Gitmo nation of pussies. And well, the fact, but the, the, what you're experiencing when people just, you know, parrot the party line, which is what we're talking about. Yes, yes. That was fed to them by the media and by their parties, both of them. But it, but it's locked in place. It's like quantum lock. It's like it. it I, I, she's so convinced, and she has a whole bookcase full of jihad, secret jihad, jihad, like tons of book jihad books. I've never. Oh, and I have to read them now. Now I got to see what the, what the propaganda is. I'm like, wow, really. And all of this started with 9/11. Really? And it's and and what and what how we retaliated was good. So yeah, 3000 people died. Sucks. Uh, buildings went down. Sucks. Regardless of how it happened or what you think. Yeah, that's okay. We just killed 25,000 civilians. What? Yeah, a million, Libya. a million Iraqis. And yeah. a million Iraqis. <laughs> Come on, I think man. We more than made up for our 3000. Yeah. You know, yeah. anyway, you know, so like a 20 to 1 basis. So here's how I closed it. I said, "It's okay because I believe in in humanity." 
And uh, when the fifth dimension comes and we all ascend, you'll be left behind. You're going to go, poof, you're, gonna go poof, and you're not going to be here anymore. Yeah, uh, that, that, that convinced her, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right on message. <laughs> now, let's talk about this uh, leaving Iraq thing, because I do have a... Uh, I do have a theory. Oh, well, hold on a second. Didn't we already leave Iraq? We had bunches of <laughs> clips about the, how they snuck out in the dead of night. and we're just, no, Rachel Maddow. How many times are we going to leave Iraq? Rachel Maddow was on the front of the Humvee uh, as they were leaving Iraq. Remember that? She, she, yeah. she was there. She had exclusive access. On Monday this week, Monday, now the president announced this, what, Thursday? That uh, Friday? When, when did he announce we're, we're leaving Iraq? leaving Iraq again? Yeah, we're leaving again. But on Monday, here's what Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta said. We're still in negotiations uh, with the Iraqis. Um, General Austin, uh, the ambassador, uh, continue discussions uh, with the Iraqi leaders. And uh, we're hoping uh, ultimately that they'll be able to, uh, to find an agreement here. So uh, at this stage of the game, uh, you know, I think our hope is that the negotiators can ultimately find a way to uh, resolve this issue in terms of what are the Iraqi needs and how can we best meet them uh, once we've concluded our combat operations. That, by the way, is a drone that's flying overhead, which is kind of funny. So he's, so he was saying we're still in negotiation, we're still in negotiation. Now, there's two memes floating around. One is that Iraq kicked us out, right? And the other is um, that... Uh, well, this is this is part of the thing that I was looking at. It's like, okay, we're bringing our troops home now. We know that there's a, and I actually I have a final real idea what's going on. Uh, we know we have the largest embassy in the world in Iraq. Thing is huge. Yeah, uh, why is that? Has that ever been explained? Why this thing has to be this big? Well, I think because it's, it's the size uh, of the merchandise mart in Chicago. Well, it was it's a contract. You know, it's like if you're going to build it, we might as well build it big. We had the land. And here's another this thing that bugs me. I don't want to go off too far off the track. Why do all our embassies, and I don't know of any exceptions to this, why are they all so ugly? They're all <laughs> but ugly. We, I, you, a lot of countries put up an embassy, and it's gorgeous. So they buy an old building, and they renovate it. Ours are all look like, they all look like Stalinist bunkers. Dude, have you They're seen They're block-shaped. <laughs> They're horrible-looking. And if they, we ever leave those countries, they, they would have no problem just tearing the thing down because it's, uh, it's just an eyesore. The one in Sweden is, the, the, the locals joke about it. Have you ever seen our cars? Does that tell you about the American design <laughs> sense? I mean, this is why you need Dame Astrid to come we in and design architects it. architects in this No, country. we need Dame Astrid to come in and, uh, and, and Sir Mark. They need to come in and design the embassy. They would make it beautiful. Be glass and metal and stuff. Of course, there's a bunker aspect to it. But anyway, uh, Spokeshole Carney is taking questions. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, with Dennis McDonough, who is the Undersecretary of State, I believe, and uh, so, you know, the question comes up, which I was interested in. It's like, okay, troops, but how about uh, those, what are they called? Oh, yeah, contractors. Oh, yeah. How can you be assured of the security of the diplomats and the contractors who will stay in Iraq? Uh, well, it's something that we're spending a great deal of time on. And mm. obviously we've insisted that uh, for our diplomatic presence there. Inc incidentally, we'll maintain an embassy there. We, we have embassies all around the world. Yeah. Uh, other countries have embassies all around the world. So yeah, we'll it's normal, and it's it's not big. <laughs> Nothing to see. They don't look at the size of it. Well, we have to assume a basic uh, amount of protections for our people, and that's what we'll be communicating to the Iraqis. The president underscored 
uh, to Prime Minister Maliki that we continue to uh, insist that the Iraqis help us in the protection of our diplomats as well. But we're, as we look at that presence, we're going to ensure uh, the kind of standard uh, protections of our of our uh, diplomatic personnel to include uh, marine security detail and stuff like that. We have embassies all around the world. But we're hey, yeah, we got embassies all around. I know. Shut hey, up hey, already. Hey, by the way, hey, Adam, so do you know that you know something that's interesting? We have embassies all around the world? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. So Did I, you know that? I, yeah. I looked it up. Yeah, uh, there's embassies all around the world. Really? Uh, all the countries have them, I hear. Everyone's doing it. All the cool kids yeah, have yeah, embassies around the world. Yeah, around the world. So I looked it up, uh, The uh, and this is from government document. It's loading here in my open office uh, uh, program. Uh, it's the contractors in... Uh, no, I don't want to participate in the open office. Do they, do they talk program. about the fact that the green zone is... is essentially a city-state that we've set up within Iraq. It's not really your inner, you know, it's, it's an own... It's our it's property. Not, it's our property. It's its own country. It's yeah. huge, and it's a. It's obviously the control center for the entire Middle East. Yes. I Well, that's... Yeah, that, now you've you put your finger on it. So I have here from the Defar, Depart, Department... From the Department of Defense, contractor support of U.S. operations in the USENTCOM area of responsibility, Iraq and Afghanistan... And how many contractors, as of, uh, this is October, so this is these are recent numbers, how many contractors do you think are in Iraq? I would guess 150,000. Well, no, not quite that much. 52,637. That's yeah, nothing. But wait, of which 16,000 are civilians. <laughs> Code word for CIA. Afghanistan, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Afghanistan, 101,789 contractors, of which 23,190 civilians. This is uh, These are big numbers, and there's no talk about that. There's no talk about uh, are we get. And by the way, they're armed. It, it, the document, to the teeth. The document specifically says someone. They, by the way, they also have a license to kill. Yeah, the document says... <laughs> <laughs> the civilians do. The civilians have the license yeah, to kill. Yeah, the quote unquote the civilians. <laughs> the civilians. Um, uh, it, it specifically says some uh, contractors are not armed. <laughs> okay. What? What? The one guy? <laughs> yeah. That. Do- hey. Hey, you fool! You didn't <laughs> get the right contract, <laughs> Take man. A gun out with yeah, really. Anyway, so uh, it, it, it's pathetic. Uh, the, I guess in summary, um, we will kill you. If you don't give us your shit and ha ha ha, we laugh at you. And by the way, the American public seems to be on board with this. We're totally on board. <laughs> we we rock. Ugh. Well, luckily, not everyone who listens to this show is on board with it. And a couple of them have uh, supported our model, which I might point out uh, includes only two civilians in our operation, uh, but heavily armed. Yeah, well, they should be. <laughs> yeah, heavily armed civilians here on the No Agenda program. So who we got, John? Uh, who can we think? We got, some, uh, we got one executive producer and three associate executive producers for today's show, uh, number uh, No Agenda 350. 350, that's right. Which is a good number. We've done a lot of shows. Mm. Paul Gallagher, who's a new, a new knight, he came in with the uh, $1,111.11 donation. He's in wow. Singapore. Uh, so, based on the uh, exchange rate, it was actually cost them $43.10. Beer money. Can you uh, send some karma to all the budding business builders taking part in the, uh, a- and he's got a website, which is jfdi.asia. 
which is one of those uh, slash startup. Oh no, no, that's just jfdi.asia, right? It really, yeah, that is, that, is that a new top level domain? Dot Asia. Yeah, somebody paid big dough for that. Uh, I guess it could be. Well, anyway, startup weekends around Asia these few weeks. Uh, Singapore last week, Manila just over. Melbourne up next. I'll look into it. I, the website's uh, is a, is there. Go to jfdi.asia well, let's and give, see let's, what our let's night get, is up to. Let's give these guys some karma right now. Very important. You've got karma. Uh, by the way, he sent in a, an additional note, John, which... Uh, I have it? I, yeah, I have it here, uh, which was an unbelievable, unbelievably beautiful note. Uh, in the morning, Adam and John, um, he says, I have been wallowing in douchebaggery for too long. Time to do my penance, give some value, times three. So, And he lists what he's done. So his donation, by the way, is at the bottom of the list. But number one, uh, some domain name forwards for you, dronesforjobs.com. <laughs> now forward to noagendashow.com. And this is the beauty. He has put together for us, and this guy is talented, the No Agenda Attack Vector Dashboard. And I want you to go to noagendadashboard.com right now, John. Go to noagendadashboard.com. This, this guy has really done some amazing work on this website. So it is a dashboard of the No Agenda show. It shows you the attack vector of our memes based upon each episode. Oh, neat. And if you, you go down below, you select your meme. So you take like uh, two to the head, and then boom, the graph shows you the attack vector of uh, trends of the use of two to the head in the show. <laughs> he's got like, uh, he's got clips, he's got the player on here, he's got, the, it's a beautiful site. And if you click, it's pretty funny. If you click techno experts, then it's like, uh, you know, there's a whole API. He has a JSON API for this thing. If you click on the Book of Knowledge, even if you hover over it, it shows you Wikipedia, No Agenda Stream, the soundboard. It's just, it's just b unbelievably beautiful. It's a great site. It's one of the best ones I've ever seen, technically, with an API. You know, we have an attack, an attack vector dashboard with an API. Now v you're talking. Vivek Kundra would be creaming himself if he heard that. And it's in the cloud. Of course. So that, that's just beautiful. Then, um, so uh, he said, I've open sourced the site itself. So if any other producers, listeners want to help add features, improve the design. If you, if you, if you hover over be a donor, not a boner, yeah. it comes up with it comes uh, up with the choice of three things. <laughs> Blankets, water, or just send cash. <laughs> <laughs> we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. And then, uh, and a donation. When I was trying to decide how much, I made the mistake of first thinking about how much I've spent on cable over the past year. Secondly, how little value I actually got from it. So when I took the hours of high-value content you give me each week, it was a no-brainer. I'm all in for $11.11.11, Hopes Hope this helps get you over your holiday patch and maybe with enough leftover for Adam to buy some seeds. Prada Life, Gitmo Nation, Little Red Dot. Little Red Dot. So, uh, fantastic. So That's beautiful. Uh, it's Thank outstanding. It's, it's outstanding. It's uh, funny. And he hit all the memes. Value for value, everything. This is yeah, the, the guy who gets it. Deconstructing the deconstruction show. Nice. 
Nice. All right. We so also have uh, three exo- associate executive producers, including Robert Clayson in London. I think two eighty-seven sixty-seven. Small awesome. contribution will increase my total accumulated givings to a straight one thousand, which I humbly ask to be deduced. You've been deduced. Hell yeah. uh, we'll be knighted later. Sir David Dolson in Houston. Uh, Contributed uh, to 233.33. John and Adam, it's been a while since I donated. The Austin meetup being the last time. Lately, I've noticed a drop in donations. And while listening to Thursday's show, realized that these guys aren't going to keep talking for free. And we all can't keep depending on Baron Von Pell's mockers to take up all the slack. Exactly. Please accept this donation on behalf of Tamara Davis toward her damehood. P.S. My night ring made it through the washing machine without a scratch. <laughs> That's quality for you right there. <laughs> Without a yeah. scratch, no less. Yeah, Miss yeah, Mickey actually, uh, she sent. Did you see that? Miss Mickey sent uh, the Baron a, a note. Yeah, I forwarded that to you. Gene, he, uh, he, he's uh, humble too, man. Neff Tuliev in Frisco, Texas, two hundred two dollars and two cents. Like to, uh, John to pronounce my name, Gene Neff Tuliev. <laughs> Recently unemployed and looking for karma for my new startup, interviewzap.com. And Adam, glad to have you moving to Texas. We are happy to have you. Remember, you'll have 30 days to get a driver's license and 60 days to get a concealed carry license after <laughs> becoming a citizen of the Republic of Texas. <laughs> uh, believe me, Miss Mickey and I are all in. Yeah. We're all in, in. Texas, get a concealed carry license. You got to. You got to. And it's, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's crazy not to in Texas. Yeah, it's, it's the equalizer. That's why everyone's so polite in the traffic. Hi. Yeah, after you? nobody. After you, <laughs> that's true. After you, they're real polite in <laughs> yeah. Texas. Please, nobody's messing you. with anybody yeah. at the bar. So let me. Anyway, uh, that's all right. Wait, he, has, he needs uh, karma, didn't he? Uh, wasn't that supposed to be karma? Uh, yes, karma for inter- yeah. He needs yeah. karma for startup interviewzap.com. You've got karma. And by the way, yeah. so uh, last show we did. I I, I don't want to do this anymore. By the way. And I, I reluctant. I'm sorry, I did it in the first place. And I, I because karma, for some reason, whatever magic it has, some one of our female donors asked for karma for the USC football team to beat Notre Dame, which I didn't think was even possible. We did it kind of as a gag, and they did beat Notre Dame. Well, so the, that is the last karma for a sporting event because we, we ever do. So that was that. Because we're going to get busted for for uh, no, cheating. No, I just think it's a waste of karma. <laughs> I agree. And I'm not a big fan of USC. <laughs> it was a waste. We wasted a good shot, like thirty <laughs> mils of karma on that. I can't believe. So, it, first of all, proof it works. Well, so, well, proof that Notre Dame stinks if nothing else. Well. So anyway, that was uh, that. Right. And uh, that's our executive and associate executive producers for this show. I want to thank them all. We both want to thank them all. And remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash N-A, channeldvorak.com slash N-A, the noagendashow.com, and click on the donation button, or noagendanation.com and click on the donation button to keep the show on the road. And you could also uh, go to uh, noagendadashboard.com to the attack vector dashboard and hover over be a donor, not a boner, and make your decision there. Dvorak.org slash N-A That's a little brain programming. We do have uh, a few PR mentions outside of, of course, No Agenda Attack Vector Dashboard. Uh, Here's a nice little forward to NoAgendaShow.com, which I'm glad we have it. Uh, It may become valuable in the future. ChelseaClinton2016.com Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) That's a very good one, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. An update from NoAgendaPhoto.com Uh... 
there's now tags for photos uh, of No Agenda peeps wearing No Agenda t-shirts. Um, and uh, there's also... Oh, we have a tag now for Korea. <laughs> Noagenda.landmark.in slash Korea would show pics tagged. So this is part of our slave t-shirts that have been ordered from North Korea. Which we're sending yeah. over there. So yeah, we uh, got these desires from the, yeah, yeah. Did we we need to get some pictures from the so there's if anybody out there wants to see something interesting and this revitalizes my interest in going to North Korea personally. That besides the fact that we have obviously computer science students that are somehow getting through their firewalls to order these T-shirts that yeah. say "slave." Yeah, is they there? Go to Vice Magazine does documentaries that are probably some of the best anybody ever does anywhere, and they're available. Most of them are available for free on the Roku box and other uh, I think you can get it through I think maybe even Netflix has them available Vice Magazine, that's what my daughter's going to work for them in January Really? Yeah Well Vice Magazine has taken it upon himself to start doing documentaries that are just extremely interesting huh. and they're, they're just but the one on North Korea where the guy finds a way to get to North Korea and the route he takes by the way Is he a, is uh, he a hiker? No, you, you, the way you go, there's a town in China near the North Korean border that has a North Korean embassy and you go in there and bribe them. Right. And they will take you to North Korea and, and you go into North Korea as a tourist and they do have tourism in North Korea. In fact, the place is set up for it, except nobody goes there. So they take you to empty restaurants and empty <laughs> waiting rooms and you go from they take you on a bus and they haul you all around. They take you to the Pueblo. And then at the very end of your tourist visit. They take you to that great that they had the biggest stadium in the world is in North Korea. It's a soccer stadium. It's huge. It holds almost I don't know a couple hundred thousand people. It's massive. Wow. They do that that dance and song and dance thing they do, which which entails using a hundred and fifty thousand performers that do the, the most spectacular show on earth. This is the one that the uh, old Secretary of State under Clinton, that horrible whatever her name is, uh, I can't remember. All right. Albright, she went to see and she came back gushing about it. And when she came back gushing about it, the right wing got out, the right wingers got all over. But anyway, I want to see this thing uh, while it's still. But but the methodology, I can. There's a way to get into the country. It, it, it turns out it's a little convoluted but doable. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that still doesn't get me my wine tasting. Hold so on a second. To- I'm 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 just putting something on Craigslist. Wanted co-host for. No agenda <laughs> show. <laughs> anyway, if you see this Vice magazine a special in North Korea, you'll see uh, oh, nice. You'll see some some really great documentarians at work. Finally, uh, and these will be links that I will put actually in the body of the show notes. Uh, one of our producers made some dynamite stickers, some bumper stickers, which you can order from this uh, sticker website, which is uh, let me just check this makestickers.com. Uh, and uh, these are nice. He has drone hits prohibited, no drone zone, and then he has a, a beautiful no agenda uh, bumper sticker with a QR car- code, which uh, goes to uh, noagendashow.com. Uh, so pick up a couple of those stickers. And you should uh, look at the site because uh, it looks like a pretty cool site to make stickers. And I think that's uh, we've always been saying that that's a great a PR initiative, and we need a lot more of that. We need more people driving around with stickers and putting them on the uh, toll booth plaza. So we thank uh, our associate executive producers, uh, David Dolson, Gene Naftulyev, uh, and Robert uh, 
Clayson or Clason, and of course our executive producer Paul Gallagher for supporting supporting the uh, No Agenda program. It's highly appreciated, as you know. Uh, this is a non-commercial program, which is the only reason. Uh, the, well, it, it allows us to call uh, Hillary Clinton uh, Lady McDeath. So it's extremely important uh, to keep our jollies on. Everybody else out there, there is something you can do. You can always propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. North Korea, are you with me? Shut up, slave. Onward. Yes. Um, I, I did uh, look at some more clippity-clop stuff, if you're interested. Oh, I can't get enough of uh, You can't Lady get Macbeth. enough of La- Lady Macbeth. Yeah, so Lucy- Lady Macbeth. Yeah, Lady Macbeth. <laughs> we came, we saw, he died. <laughs> Um, so Lucifer was... Can you imagine saying that on CBS? She said it on CBS. No, I mean, no, saying Lady... Having Le- an analyst say Lady <laughs> Lady McDeath. Man. Well, that would uh, be the last time you're an analyst. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be uh, begging for money. So I think she's telegraphing stuff to us, John. She is... I, I think she's so full of herself that she doesn't even know what she's saying half the time. She's just in a... Or she's in the bubble. Oh, yeah. Well, she's well. It's, it's also that uh, expecting parent thing, you know, where you're all like giddy oh, yeah, and, and high on like uh, uh, endorphins and stuff because uh, she and, and Huma are about to give birth, so she's all freaking out about it. That's why she's so happy, and that's why she wants to quit because she wants to be uh, a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> or dad, a soccer mom, <laughs> John. Uh, so she's so she's in Islam Islamabad. And uh, she's Islam of Pakistan, and she is telegraphing things like nobody else's business. She's using the memes, which means there's something afoot. How do we tackle the problem of uh, improvised explosive devices that kill Pakistanis, Afghans, Americans? So we had a very in-depth conversation with specifics, and we are looking forward to taking that conversation and operationalizing it over the next days and weeks, not months and years, but days and weeks, because we have a lot of work to do uh, to realize our shared goals. So whenever I hear Obama or Lucifer talking about days, weeks, not years, not days, weeks, whatever, I'd be worried, because the last time someone said that, you know, we got a no-fly zone with carpet bombing. So that, to me, is telegraphing something. Now, there's massive... A troop buildup on the Pakistani-Afghan border, massive. Yeah, but this this is common. But listen to how she describes what's going on. In response to the legitimate concerns that we have heard from our Pakistani uh, partners, we are trying to squeeze and prevent. Uh, terrorists on the Afghan side of the border uh, from attacking Pakistan. Now, similarly, we need greater cooperation on the Pakistani side of the border. In effect, we want to squeeze these terrorists so that they cannot attack and kill any Pakistani, any Afghan, any American, or anyone. We want to squeeze them. And she makes this hand gesture. You want to squeeze What is she them. talking about? You want to squeeze the terrorists. I'm going to squeeze them. 
Scary is what it is. A scary individual. Squeeze them. Uh, it's not good. She's telegraphing all kinds of stuff. She's not done. She is not done. She wants her baby to be proud of what her mama has done. Well, anyway, um, I was watching. Uh, I, I didn't get any. It was funny because C-SPAN seemed to be just devoid of anything. Yeah, it, it was. It was they had repeat, a lot of repeats. Even on the weekend, there wasn't repeats, anything interesting. Repeats. You got to watch it because, like, oh, this is good. And then you see, like, you know, 713 something. Like, repeat, repeat, repeat. So I've been watching. Yeah, they're all old stuff. So I'm watching uh, PBS and. Uh, you okay? Uh, so I got it. Here's an interesting syn- uh, uh, synopsis on PBS. They bring on Brooks and Shields as the, their two analysts. That, Brooks Shields? <laughs> Brooks Shields. And uh, Brooks, the New York Times guy, is supposed to be representing conservatives or Republicans. The other guy is supposed to be Democrat. They're both the same guy, essentially. But the, the, the analysis, the kind of wrap-up of Libya, what happened in Libya, and the, and the, the, like, the misinformation, and the, this is like PBS's take on weighing in on Libya and giving us this, you know, it's just like, it was befuddling because it was like, I don't know any of this to be true or or anything that they say to, it it was not the way it was represented. Yeah, I think clearly in a pretty personal victory for the president, you know, there were a lot of people within the administration, somebody I have great reverence for, Robert Gates, who was then at the Defense Department, didn't want to do it. Uh, Many people, the Europeans just wanted to do a no-fly zone. And the president said, no, we've got to be more aggressive. We've got to use air power and drones and everything else much more aggressively. And we've got to do regime change. We've got to use military means to topple the regime. And he, he pursued that policy. It took a little longer than he thought, but he pursued it well. Uh, he made it so the U.S. was not the center of the policy, but Gaddafi and the Libyan regime was the center of policy. And they saw it through. So I think, on the whole, this has been a, a, an extremely well-conducted policy. Does that, trans- excuse me, does that translate, Mark, into something that helps him in next year's election? Yeah, it, it was not a flawless policy by any means. I mean, the constitutionality of it, I think, remains open to question. He bet on the Congress being supine and just ignoring the War Powers Act. And he was right. The Congress was submissive, was docile. It was not involved. It took no responsibility. And he went straight ahead. And, and the widespread use of drones is uh, is still open to question. I mean, was it a Effective? Yes. But I mean, is it a is it a long term strategy that is going to uh, work well for the United States in uh, around the globe? I think that's very much open Libya. question. Well, I think what they're saying is exactly right. But, but, but here's here's what's weird about it before you go on with that. The first guy is the, supposed to be the Republican and he's de- defending Obama and, and saying things that I never knew to be true, like, you know, the Europeans wanted a no-fly zone. No, we wanted to do the bombing. I thought it was a no-fly zone. No, but that, that is what I was going to say, is uh, Resolution 1970 and the follow-on 1973, specifically, remember I read the whole thing and we discussed it here on the show? Exactly. And it was a no-fly zone, but at the very, very end, like Apple's terms of uh, use, terms and conditions, it says... But we could do anything we want, really, if we feel like it. That's kind of what it said. So it was this whole big thing about no-fly zone, no-fly zone. And yeah, and Obama just went straight to the back and said, oh, I can do anything I want. And then pulled it all out. And But, but the people, the people who paid for this and supported this, 50, 60 billion in total, which is stupid. 
that's okay, whatever. And then we take the fake news report as real. Oh, these poor guys with their AK-47s and sandals. We we never saw a single drone attack anything on television. We got the coverage was terrible. And then we had uh, Shields, who's the second guy who talked, who was supposed to be the Republic or the Democrat. He's kind of critical of the fact that there, that there was never a war resolution and Congress is a bunch of weenies. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So they just let the president act as an emperor and do whatever he wanted. And he was also somewhat critical of the drone thing. So I'm finding I'm finding first we have Bill Maher defending, you know, a continuation of Bush Bush policies and thinking that's just great. And we have the I mean, it's just like you these guys, they, their scripts. It's like somebody had the scripts for the different people and they were driving along and they were on the roof of the car and boom, they blew off. And so they gra- grabbed all the sheets of paper and just handed them out to everybody. And they're, they're, nobody's got a, a concise message anymore. One guy's on the one side. I find the whole thing to be completely screwy. Well, the only thing that's consistent here is the constant implantation of the word drone into the American psyche. That's the only thing that's consistent. It's like they're getting paid to say drone. It's like, oh, oh, what? Who? You said drone? Oh, here you go. There's a quarter yeah, for you like, in the pot. <laughs> Very the Jerry good. Springer approach. Yeah, it's just keep saying it. Just Take keep off saying your shoe, it. you get ten bucks. Yeah, just keep. Yeah, oh yeah. Here's. Yeah. Oh, he said drone. Very good. Well, there'll be a little extra in your paycheck today. Well, if that's the case, play Mauer loves drones. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'll expect the check in the mail. Hold on a second. Should I get number two lined up as well? Yeah, then? you might as well. Yeah, okay, here we go. Let's, here we go. It's, For the people who paid the price. Especially yeah. since there are now such a, a cheaper ways to do it. I mean, since 2005, I think the number of drone missions has gone up by something like 1,200%. And for good reason. You know, we can do it a lot cheaper. It's cheaper. We can get closer to the target and therefore kill less civilians. Uh, they can stay up longer. Uh, I'm sold. I'm going down to the dealership tomorrow. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's time to play. Win, lose, or drone. Please say hello to your brand new celebrity spokesman for the drone program of the United States of Gitmo Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Maher, come on down. Win, lose, or drone. And I've heard people say, you know, well, this is not good because, you know, this is like a video game. Good. Why is that a bad thing, that it's like a video game? I don't understand why it's a bad thing. I know that the argument is, well, you know, make, it makes us more likely to go to war if we don't have to, you know, risk our troops. Well, how could we be more likely to go to war than we've already been? Yeah. <laughs> we, what, what generation in this country has not gone to war? We have been able to uh, project force beyond the human causing it ever since we had a catapult. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rachel. There was a... Uh <laughs> so you, these Don. people, Rachel and, and Mar, are all for these drones because they they kill civilians, but they kill less civilians. It's much less. Yeah, it's humane. It's humane. Yeah, because it's obvious if you're killing 20 people it's it, and, and 10 with the drone, it's better. Oh, well, listen. There's, so there, here's a report. Uh, I think this was from uh, or the Gretchen the Gretchen thing Carlson. show. No, Gretchen Gretchen the lawyer on Fox. Oh, Gretchen. Uh, oh, uh, what? This is that's not Gretchen. It's uh, is it Gretchen? No, what's her name? <laughs> now you got me confused. Gretchen. You, 
<laughs> Gretchen Gretchen. That's her name now. It's Gretchen Gretchen. Gretchen Gretchen. Gretchen Gretchen. And so there's this great report about the drones being used for the border, which, of course, uh, last week's concept contestant on win, lose, or draw, Rick Perry, uh, called for. He called for drones on the border with Arizona and Mexico. So here's this guy, and it, he... He it sounds like he's a military guy, but he's not. He's a contractor. And this is a, a short clip. Uh, he's a contractor supplying these drones. They got three of them uh, uh, with another one on the way because he knows because he's supposed to deliver it. But listen very closely to what he says about who's using the drones. Gascio is the director of air operations for the Customs and Border Protection's unmanned air surveillance program here at Fort Huachuca. Uh, so just so you know, that's that's a civilian. It's not, uh, you know, he's it, he runs the drones. It's not an army guy. He doesn't have a uniform on either. Arizona, Director Gascio, you have quite an impressive airplane. You have three of them actually here that we're seeing in the hangar. Tell us about them. Uh, correct. Uh, here in Arizona, we have three MQ-9 uh, Predator B aircraft. Uh, with the expectation for a fourth delivery sometime in February. Uh, we operate along the border from Yuma, Arizona, all the way to the Big Bend area of uh, Texas and uh, conduct uh, nightly operations in support of the U.S. Border Patrol or other agencies that require our assistance. Oh, or other agencies that require our assistance. Hello? Wow. Yeah. So do we provide... I'll repeat that. Yeah, the, the Austin police. Yeah, the CIA, whoever wants Austin police. <laughs> uh-huh. Come on, bitches. I'm ready for you. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll shoot your drone. I'm not afraid of your drone. I got a concealed carry permit here. I got a bazooka in my pocket. So that's uh, it, it, the whole thing. It's a setup. It's uh, this total psychological warfare indoctrination, getting people comfortable with the idea. And Bill Mark, my goodness. You know, it's, it's, it's great, and, you know, the only thing I'm missing is the, the term surgical. So the, you know, the drones have surgical strikes. they gave strikes. up on that because it's not, not surgical, surgical at all. <laughs> it's kind of splattery. It's like, you know, the thing is a clunker up there just throwing uh, down a bomb. Sorry, man. It's yeah. Greta Van Susteren is the name you were looking for. Gretchen Gretchen. You know what I think we should do? Whenever we see one of these people like Bill Maher or Lady McDeath or uh, Rachel Maddow, do you remember Invasion of the Body Snatchers? That, yeah. Remember the, the, the original one? No, the Donald Sutherland one is what I'm talking about. Oh, the newer one. Yeah. Well, it's the 70s. At the very end, you know, it's whenever they, whenever, whenever they're one of them, they go, Aah! that's what you got to do. So here's what it's like. Oh, hey, Bill Maher. <laughs> just do that to all of them and just, just make, just be crazy in front of them. Yeah, well, I have never seen Bill Maher, and uh, probably never will. Now he lives and in Los Angeles. I think it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and better just to sit at home. Yeah, I'd rather sit at home and get clips. Now, speaking of such, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, you know, and it, it's a joke while it's a joke. You know, uh, you know, all these uh, organizations keep coming out with, ha ha, it's so funny. Here's what you do when there's a, when there's a, a zombie attack. Ha 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 ha. It's so funny. Well, now the Centers for Disease Control has come out with their zombie comic, which teaches general emergency preparedness. Have you seen this thing? No. Oh, it's, it's like a 50 page comic. You can download it. And uh, here I'll read from the website. Though the Centers for Disease Control doesn't ever expect uh, to have to grapple with the undead or their virus-afflicted kin, 
its free downloadable comic, Preparedness 101 Zombie Pandemic, uses the fictional threat to remind readers of the importance of being ready for real-life disasters. Prompted by the success of the CDC Zombie Preparedness blog launched in May, the new comic follows a young couple and their dog who stay safe and level-headed through a burgeoning zombie apocalypse by following basic CDC disaster preparedness instructions. You know, everyone's joking, but I don't think it's a joke. <laughs> Seriously. I'm looking at the uh, comic book now. I mean, it's... it's by the way, it's a terrible comic book. <clears throat> this, is, this, is, this is, you know, it's you, everyone can laugh it off, but, you know, it, what happens if all of a sudden, like, we actually have a zombie uh, apocalypse. And they'll be like, yeah, well, we didn't want to frighten you. That's why you kind of made it a joke. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I don't think it's that funny anymore. I don't see that was funny ever, let alone anymore. How is it funny? It's yeah, you... sick. So on the last show... Uh, we played this public service announcement. On November 9th at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern, the Federal Emergency Management Agency will conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system. Arr. It will be heard on radio and seen on local cable and satellite TV Arr. as the federal, state, tribal, territorial, and local governments prepare for and test their capabilities. Arr. This event serves as a reminder that everyone reminder. should establish an emergency preparedness kit That's and right. emergency plan for yes. themselves, their families, communities, and businesses. Arr. Visit FEMA.gov for more information and for the coming zombie apocalypse may cause anal leakage um did you catch the date november, no i missed it november 9th and that's uh a mirror of 911 oh. <laughs> <laughs> just saying just saying because wasn't it uh and this is we missed this on <laughs> We missed this on Thursday. There was the Great California Shakeout Drill on yeah. Thursday, and lo and behold, on the same day there was a quake. It, it, Two of them, actually, under your butt. I might, I might point yeah, out. It was, it was the second one was quite noticeable, but it was in Berkeley. Yeah, that's like kind of where you live. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Coincidence? I think not. It's funny how that happens on drill days, isn't it? It, it? The weirdness about the drill day and then happening is is pretty off the wall. So, and you know, there was a big 7.1 like this morning in Turkey. Well, so immediately um, I start looking at uh, HARP uh, data. Definite warming of the ionosphere in the past 24 hours in that region. And the uh, the consensus amongst the conspiracy theorists, uh, in, as are the circles in which I travel, is that this is an earthquake machine attack, and it is done specifically because Turkey invaded uh, Kurdistan, northern Iraq. You know, I never got to my theory about Iraq, why we're leaving. You ready for it? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. So, uh, obviously, the military-industrial complex, you know, they're not liking this. I mean, why do we have to do this? Leon Panetta was, I mean, it is a, a very bold plan, I believe, to pull the troops out, and before the last one leaves, there will be a massive false flag event. Massive. And this will be the impetus to pour more in or more contractors 
but I think it will be C. You know, we left our embassy unguarded, not enough people. I think it's a setup for a false flag attack. It could be. I don't. I, I wouldn't argue that that wouldn't happen. Although I think we're going to have enough people there not to worry about it. Turkey invades Iraq after Kurdish rebels kill 26 Turkish soldiers. Yeah, big deal. Turkey is like moved in en masse. Yeah, Turkey sent troops and fighter jets into Iraq Wednesday in hot pursuit of Kurdish rebels who killed more than 25 Turkish soldiers in multiple attacks in the southern Turkish Turkish province of Hakkari. It was the first cross-border violence in five years between Turkish troops and Kurdish guerrillas who... Turkey says shelter in northern Iraq. Relatively uh, shallow earthquake, I think three miles. Relatively, but of course it was a big one, 7.1 on whatever the scale is these days. Um, I, you know, I'm, I tend to think that, that, uh, that we're back on, um, on some form of warfare with, and you know, the, the, with the earthquake machines. I didn't realize the Turkish president's name is Abdullah Gol. G-U-L, kind of like the the Stargate movie. Gol. <laughs> Gol. G-U-L. Gol. Uh, the uh, revenge will be tenfold, he says. In the end, they will see nothing that can be achieved with arms. In other words, they're going to kill 260. Those who uh, do, do that old style of, uh, you know, you kill one of us, we kill 10 of you. Right, and then we flipped the machine and we did it times 10. How many, they think 20,000 people died in the earthquake. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard no, I think it was like 1,000 max. Well, early reports, my friend. Early days. Early days. Um, but I think there's more going on. This report uh, also caught my eye. A plunging satellite fell somewhere on Earth about five hours ago. No word yet on whether any pieces of the German satellite actually hit land or what area it crashed near. Now, during our 6.30 newscast, we showed you the satellite's track live as it looped around the Earth. Scientists think the satellite traveled about 12,500 miles in its last half hour before hitting Earth's atmosphere. According to its pre-calculated path, it probably would have hit a Above Asia near China, but scientists are waiting for witnesses to send in their observations. Does, does anyone ever just for a second think, you know, maybe there's something going on and these things are being shot out of the sky and that there's some kind of warfare happening? Well, if you haven't know, I sat down w- uh, over dinner with a satellite uh, engineer who worked for one of the big uh, satellite companies that uh-huh. uh, control these things. Oh, good, good. You have some inside info. And I got the word, and this is why we haven't heard about these things crashing to Earth all the time. They they carry a bunch, a load of fuel, and they have to be uh, pretty much repositioned every, you know, at least almost once a month or more. Mm-hmm. Especially the communication satellites, because they're located in fixed spots, and especially like the Dish Network, for example, they have to keep. You, once in a while, you start losing the connection to the Dish. You say, "Oh God, I think my Dish, I was, maybe it's getting loose," and then all of a sudden, you get great reception again because they move, move, reposition the satellite where it belongs. They're doing this constantly, and they keep enough fuel so when the satellite is has to be taken out of service. Now, I've, by the way, I've gotten notes from people that say this is bullshit. This is not to what they do. But this person assures me that's what they, at least their company does. They shoot the thing into deep space. They just turn it around and turn the jets toward Earth. And then they, they jump, throw all the fuel in that they have left, the repositioning fuel, and it's gone. And that's the end of it. It's just, you know. Well, then why are there all these other ones crashing down? Well, that's the, what you just suggested, yeah. which is more to it than, than that. Because, in fact, if all these things weren't, because there's hundreds and hundreds of these things out there. Yeah. If these things weren't being sh- shot into space to be destroyed, uh, or if they're just little shallow, little dinky uh, satellites that are on the, just 
barely in low, orbit. Low orbiting, yeah. Uh, they, we wouldn't be seeing all these things. I mean, because 10 years ago, there was almost as many satellites up there. We weren't hearing them crashing to Earth every couple of days. I mean, these things are no. crashing to Earth a little bit too much, it seems to me. I think there's warfare going on up there. And you know, I, I'm on the Vandenberg Air Base uh, launch list. There's launches all the time, and it's always like a Minuteman, uh, you know, ballistic, non-nuclear, you know, test, you know, nothing to see here, Minotaur, all these different. We're shooting stuff up all the time, you know. And what do we know? What do we know? Nothing. Not much. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing, honey. Get out the red book, John. By the way, my wife says that they, with the Pacific Northwest, they've been seeing these things come crashing down. And then there was a UFO spotting recently. Hmm. Apparently some object up in the Pacific Northwest is flying around and all yeah, this well, reports all over the place about it. Yeah, well, it's because uh, the ascension is coming. 2000, uh-huh. 2012, my friend. Save it. You're going to go... Uh, Red Book. What was your... What were you going Red to? Red Book, Red Book, Red Book. Okay, Red got book. it. Okay, so um, we talked, no sooner had we spoken about possibility for uh, Marco Rubio to be a vice presidential candidate, than the guy gets attacked, uh, you know, about his family or some bull crap like that. So I just wanted to give you props on that. Uh, I, think the, I think you're right. I think the guy is uh, definitely, uh, he's now even being called Republican vice presidential hopeful for the 2012 election. So I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, and the reason for this is uh, for the Latino vote. And as we know, everything is a show business. And right now, uh, I know that the Fox executives, Fox Television, are uh, and movies are doing everything they can to bring in more Latino viewers. It is that is the new audience. The new target audience is young Latinos because yeah, the, yeah, the, the potential is quite high. Today's New York Times. Uh, they have a, a slam. It's a minor one, but they put it on the front page. Uh, let me just read the headline. You get the idea. Kane now running as outsider as opposed to he wasn't running as an insider before, was he? No. I love that he, but, he changed his plan to the 909 plan. He's got a 909 plan. <laughs> Kane now running as outsider came to Washington as a lobbyist. Yeah, and he was a Federal Reserve douche. Yes, well, they don't bring that up. That's no. weird. They just bring up the lobbyist part. From 1996, when he left the pizza company, until 1999, Mr. Kane ran the National Restaurant no. Association. John, John, once- hold on, hold on, John. We have to have a meeting. Come on, Cur- Curry Dvorak Consulting Group meeting right now. Hello, sit down. John, these are the things we need to save until near the end of the television season. We can't be letting these things out now. Otherwise, we have no ammo to surprise the audience. That's why we don't want people to know that. It has to come out a little bit later. We slipped a bit on the Federal Reserve because these damn Ron Paul kooks they were talking about and the Fed and that this guy should have done. Quiet. We have to bring this up in a later debate. That's when it'll be fun to pop that out. You know, we did the little Romney thing with the people mowing his lawn, you know, the illegals. That's what it's about. Ratings, my friend. Ratings. Timing is everything. Well, they got the ratings ready to go for the next of the next dozen debates, which these things are just kicking butt in the ratings. Yep. And everyone wants to see the next round because of the pushing and shoving that almost went on between uh, Romney and Perry. Perry seems to be the entertainment guy. My my prediction, of course, is that uh, for the Democratic Party, 
Uh, well, both our predictions is President Obama will quit, um, although Valerie Jarrett is holding on to it very, very tightly. She's now taking more center stage, I'm seeing, by the way, doing more interviews and stuff. Hate that woman. Who, what does she do? She's the Why senior. Is she, she is the senior advisor to the president. Why is she an advisor? What has she ever done in her life she's, that makes her the senior advisor? She's her. Well, does she dress him? I mean, the, does she tell him what <laughs> socks to wear? What kind of advising that can she give? The real answer is, of course, she's his handler uh, as part of the MK Ultra uh, Project Monarch. Uh, but because yeah. I guess because she was a slumlord, you know, she was on this thing. I'm looking it up right she's now. A slumlord. She was, she, she's yeah, she's a slumlord in Chicago. They had this thing called the Root, which uh, let me bring this up for a second. The Root, which I I don't know what the Root is. I, I don't know if it's a magazine or the Roots. Cynthia Gordy. What's the Root? Like the root of my shaft. I don't know the Root. So the Root. Cynthia Gordy is on WhiteHouse.gov discusses the Obama administration's The Pathways to Opportunity Report and the American Jobs Act with senior advisor to the president, Valerie Jarrett, and domestic policy director, Melody Barnes. So this will give you an idea, since you're questioning who this woman is. She's dressed in a pantsuit uh, with uh, very, very spiky uh, high heels. And uh, so it's, she gets introduced by uh, some suckwad. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the White House. Hi, I'm going to suck up. Welcome to you here with us, and, and welcome to those welcome. who are watching across the country. And the universe. Uh, I'm Mike Stratmanis, and I am counselor to senior advisor to the president, Valerie Jarrett. A great job. And I want to welcome you <laughs> welcome. to a special White House Open for Questions event with The Root. Last week, the White House released... This will just give you an idea of how important she is, how this guy sucks her. It's a report called Creating Pathways to Opportunity. To Persia. A report highlighting the work that President Obama has done to date to help Americans climb the ladder to the middle class and stay there. The report outlines the critical investments this administration has made to lift and keep millions of Americans out of poverty, provide critical support to families throughout... The economic downturn. Get to the suck-up part, dude. What is this the root thing? I don't know what it is. Made here. here in this White House. And Melody Barnes, the authority, the director of the White House Domestic Policy Council, a woman who has been at the center uh, of forging domestic policy. And you should see these women sitting there. It's just like, ugh. For this president and for this administration. Now, before I hand things off to... Valerie, Melody, and Cynthia, I want to give you a couple of important websites where you can oh, find yeah, blah, 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 whatever. You guys, you should look this. I'll put it, I'll put it in the... Uh, I'm looking at theroot.com, yeah. which has uh, a bunch of crap on here, <laughs> trending topics. It's got Cynthia Gordy's uh, profile. She's... You she know, looks like she's 12. She? she looks like she's like she's she looks an intern. weird, yeah. yeah. And she and there's a bunch of stuff about Anita Hill, again, which we talked about uh, a couple of shows ago about how that's all bogus. The trouble with transportation jobs, live tweet tonight, the GOP debate. I, I guess you can tweet. I just noticed something. Topics that are being discussed today. Uh, Valerie Jarrett has a nice rack. And I sure hope you'll check them out. Now, let me turn it over. You, to do, you do what? He's Thank hoping you, you check out her rack? Is that what he said? <laughs> That's what he just said. I, I heard it. <laughs> um, and thanks, Valerie Jarrett, Melody Barnes, and our audience with us today. Uh, that's the audience. Washington reporter for The Root. For The Root? What is The Root? It's apparently a, a, a like a little like a uh, uh, Huffington Post. 
type of website. Uh, oh, okay. You 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 work for free, and then the Cynthia will be rich soon. Is that the deal? Yeah, but well, you work for free, and you you write yeah, uh, the root. Oh, and the Washington Post is covering. Uh, the Washington Post has a sub segment. Washington Post, the root DC. Uh. This is something we got to look into. What this root thing is, and why it keeps cropping up. Is the Washington Post own it? Someone it's, owns it. The root. For you can go to WashingtonPost.com slash the root DC mm. and pick up some, I guess, a, a, a branch of the root. Anyway, Valerie Jarrett is uh, she is the manager of the Chicago Mafia that is, in, and she's the one that's kind of hanging on to everything and 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 encouraging the president not to quit and saying, "Come on, Barack, come on, man, you can." Do-. She's everywhere, everywhere. The president, wherever the president is, she is. That's the piece I wanted to find for you. The guy literally says, you know, she's she's always in the room. Always in the room. Anyway, unimportant. Uh, he's going to quit. And uh, I have asserted that I believe Gabrielle Giffords will Ugh. emerge as the Democratic candidate. Reporting from Politico, uh, Representative Gabrielle Giffords hasn't signaled her 2012 intentions yet. But the Arizona Capital Times thinks her campaign spending signals she's running. Quote, her campaign spending nearly doubled in this cycle compared to the same time two years ago. Between July and September, Giffords raised roughly $189,000 and spent more than half of it. Her latest campaign finance report indicates a well-oiled fundraising machine. Her campaign has at least three paid staffers and has paid thousands of dollars to fundraising consultants. Um, and this is despite the fact that uh, the Democratic Party has signaled they want former U.S. Surgeon General Richard Carmona to uh, run for her uh, open seat in um, in, co- in Congress, right? She's a Congress. Yeah, in Congress. Yeah. So that tells me that there's a possibility I'm right. Yeah, the possibility is pretty slim. They're, they're, in fact, I mean, I know what you're saying and how it would work, but the Congress, a congressperson actually getting into the White House without being a senator or a governor seems remote. But um, by the way, yeah, no, how, how about some guy who's just in Chicago who we never heard of all of a sudden becomes president? Now that wasn't remote, but he was. He did. He did his his due diligence. Became a senator for at least a minute. Well, you can't be. You have to. You, have to, you can't do Congress and then become mm-hmm. a president. There, there was a, who's the last congressman that ever became president? It just doesn't happen. Uh, the Root is an English language online magazine of African American culture, launched January twenty eighth, two thousand eight, by Lu- Henry Louis Gates and Donald E. Graham. The Root is owned by the Washington Post Company through its online subsidiary, the Slate Group. It's a black slate. Ah, get it? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, let's talk about United States of Europe briefly, because this is the weekend where uh, apparently uh, Herr Merkel and uh, Napoleon are supposed to work everything out. Um, And, of course, what uh, Sarkozy wants is to have total control over the ESFS so that they can bail out the French banks, and uh, Angela is having nothing of it. The signaling on Friday, the market uh, in the United States, and this is more Dvorak Horowitz thing, but I find it fascinating to follow. The market signaled, and the euro, by the way, which is getting close to 140. It's like 138, almost 139. As you said, it's crazy how this is happening. 
The markets were saying, looks like they're going to have a deal. But what I'm reading today, Charles Dallara, managing director of the Institute of International Finance, who has been leading the, the negotiation for the banks, told Associated Press, quote, we are nowhere near a deal. So Monday will be very interesting because um, Monday will know what came out, or maybe even tonight will know what came out of the the the, the, the little tea party they're having there uh, in uh, in Europe. Uh, and then Wednesday, they're supposed to have a final deal, and otherwise, it's like kapoof, right? Well, it'll be interesting to see. Well, no, I think they're in the process of stalling, so they will uh, <laughs> really they'll, they'll set up another meeting. <laughs> another? Oh no, another one, another be meeting. Stalling and stalling and stalling because the fact is that they got it. Once they repatriate all those euros, which they're doing by running the price of the thing up, right, right. Uh, it's just a matter of time for this whole thing to cave in. And when it goes, it's not going to, I'm telling you, this is a disaster in the wings, waiting, waiting to come on stage. Well, the problem is, is that the Italian bonds are not, you know, we have Greece running at, what'd you say, 188% return. So it could be higher by, yeah, it could be higher by, yeah. Uh, the Italian bonds are now at a hundred percent and Italy has a 2 trillion euro deficit and th- th- that's the problem is they're looking at half a half a trillion like 460 billion or something they need 2 trillion and it's just not there so i i don't see any other way but but down and it's either down or sweeping austerity measures across Europe. Which, the public will not, those they Europeans won't stand will not for it. put they up with that They won't stand crap. for it. I know. Because be, they were promised, promised, promised. Yeah. Blood on and, the streets. You, know, you, if you, get, you can't be prompt. This is the problem. In fact, one of the, uh, which I'll have a clip for in the next show, because it needs more, I need to extract, I, I just, these long clips are getting on my nerves, so I'm looking for a shorter. Doesn't get on my bits. nerves. I love it. And uh, they, uh, there's, the, the book, uh, what was the name of that book this guy just wrote? Uh, Michael Lewis's newest book. Uh, he talks about the fact that these uh, these guys are, are essentially running on fumes, and he points out that it's going to be a countrywide thing in the in the university or university, the United States of uh, Europe, but it's essentially uh, going to be a city based thing in our country because our states are secure enough. But and he keeps he points out the city of Vallejo, which went bankrupt a couple of years ago. Right, and there's a number of other cities in California that went bankrupt, and he cites that they're they're all going bankrupt because of these promises they make to public workers. Right, first they give them way too much money for a public job. I mean, the public sector is making more money than the private sector, which is not right. Supposed to be a fallback because because of the security. Isn't something you know, like forty percent of the jobs in America are now government related jobs? Isn't it something I, I don't know crazy if the like that? that high, but it's really high. Yeah. And then they promise them these huge benefits, uh, especially retirement benefits, so people can retire at you know like in Greece at fifty and 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 so on. And the uh, it's it, the the numbers aren't there. You can't you can't balance the budget. And this is the, all over Europe. It's it's just impossible. I, this whole thing is, I'm telling you, this is going to be the, the six months from now, we're going to be, you know, hopefully. We may not be we have, here. <laughs> we have our, our supporters, thank goodness, because I don't know if you can get a job in six months. Oh, man, I'd hate to have to go get a real job. No, we, our people will keep us going. And luckily, we have an international audience. And, but um, Your government employment ranges in D.C., 38%. 
Yeah, well, that would be the max because right. DC is a government town. Well, I hear I have the I have the numbers. Let's see, uh, DC thirty eight percent, Alaska thirty one percent. Let's see what California, Southern California twenty percent. Uh, uh, let's see, Nevada twenty percent. What's another big state that's important? Uh, well, Nevada is definitely not one of them. Try uh, New York. Uh, New Mexico, New I don't see uh, New York is not on this list, so it's not in the. This is 2010, by the way. Um, hmm. There's no New York on there, so I guess it's low. But Florida, 15 percent. It's all double digits. So, oh, here it is. Uh, oh, the U.S. Postal Service is the nation's top federal employer, accounting for 23 percent of government jobs across the country. Wow. Huh. Wow. Yeah, well, that's that's messed up. That When they say bigger government, I think that's what really is, is what people are talking about. It's not just about politicians. You know, wow. Yeah, that's... You know, we need to get us some of that government cheese, brother. We need to get on, get on board with that gravy can, train. I think the consulting company could probably get a couple government contracts. Hold on, here I have government workers. I have uh, Delaware, 17. New Jersey, 19. Can I get to New York here? There's New York. Funny New so York if one, just that. to say on average, one out of five people work for the government. So you have, and, and one out of five people work for the government. One out of five people are unemployed. Let's be realistic. It's 20% plus. New York, 19%. There you go. Okay, so one out of five works for the government. One out of five is unemployed. And the three people left over are paying for both of those other two guys. Yeah. Yeah. So three people are paying for five people. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Even I can figure that one out. Well, at some point, especially since wages have been falling and there's, you know, uh, the middle class has been disappearing, the people that pay for those two, for the unemployed fifth and the uh, and the government employed fifth, which is essentially a welfare job for in most situations, not all, but a lot. Well, you know what? This uh, segues nicely into Occupy Wall Street. Because uh, I started a little initiative yesterday, but before we get into it, I think we have to look at uh, uh, at an overall view of where the the media is telling the idiotic uh, slaves what's going on. Fox has gone completely, completely off the rails on this. Have you noticed that at all? Oh, this started weeks ago. No, but I it, saw it, it from the beginning. It's, it's gotten really not- bad. This is becoming my protesters are better than your protesters. You know, oh, they're not, if they were Tea Party, Tea Party's okay, but these people are not. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. So here, and Fox is Fox is really noticeably uh, running with an agenda. When you hear this story, it, it, not only will it blow your mind that that uh, the story they're running, but they go right. They it's Fox and Friends or something. Not that I watch this, but of course I'm sent clips, noagendanewsnetwork.com. They turn around and in a span of two minutes, they start repeating the story as the headlines. So like that's, That was the story. Now let's go to the headlines. Here's the story. And it's the same story. And meanwhile, we have to tell you this crazy story from the... This crazy story. Crazy. Crazy, by the way. She, she's sitting on that... Uh, the way they have that Fox and Friends couch, <laughs> you're looking in her crotch all the time. Gretchen. Is that Gret? No, it's not Gret. It's another. This is another woman. No, that's blonde, right? The no, Gretchen no, Carlson. no, no. It's another one. This is a standing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, uh, Gretchen, I think, was getting her uh, her bits repaired uh, with the MK Ultra project, 
And so they brought out a new presidential slave, which he's last year's model. Occupy Wall Street gang. There is a Florida mother of four children. Two weeks ago, she left her family and her husband in Florida because she felt motivated and compelled to come up to Occupy Wall Street. She has been there for two weeks, only talked to her children who are 17, 15, 13, and 7. Yeah, her husband four kids. She only them. called home three times. She says she feels like she's in the military on an assignment fighting for her country. Here's what she says about it. I'll take a listen. So cut to the street interview. I do have a community of friends that, um, like, I put a plea out on Facebook asking them to uh, support me so that I could be here. And uh, they stepped up and a lot of them said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. Just let me know what I can do. I'm planning on staying until the end, whatever that may be. So I know that my kids are okay. And I know that this is where I need to be right now. And they're in support of that. I want to reiterate what Ali mentioned. This 38-year-old Hessler, mother of four, says, military people leave their families all the time, so why should I feel bad? I'm fighting for a better world. That is more disgusting than any of the filth down there in Wall Street. Equating <laughs> the filth, the filth, you dirty scum, filth. Filth, I tell this you. This is disgusting. Rat turns. Woman yeah, the, uh, who has some apparently some <laughs> uh, some conscience about whatever she goes down filth. there. And this is disgusting that filth. she would go to a protest. She has four kids and, and she, she abandoned them. That seventeen-year-old who doesn't filth. want to see her anyway. Filth. Filth, I tell you. Right, listen, you just got to listen to the rest. It's crazy. What she's doing with military service. Joe Biden would be embarrassed by that. Her husband, her husband also. That's a good line, by the way. The works for a bank. He's a banker. Right. So her husband's a bank. He's not. He he left Citibank for a community bank, which is a little different, but it's okay. Why not just protest at home? <laughs> maybe she has been. <laughs> right. Maybe that's part her of the problem. Her husband's banker used to work at Bank of America. Now works for a local bank in Florida. She's clearly having a midlife crisis. A midlife crisis. That's clearly they're filthy when they have midlife crises of some sort to leave your kids. And she says that she doesn't plan to go home. Now, here comes an interesting thing. They swing it over to the statistics. Actually, she's going to stay there for the duration. Oh, good. All right, uh, a role model. Let us know what Mother you think about that. Friends at foxnews.com is how you can weigh in on all of this. A new AP poll out this morning says that over 50% of Americans do not support the Wall Street protests. Uh, here's a take a look at this uh, poll. 37% say yes, uh, no, 56% who don't know, 7%. Interesting about this poll, I, I read about a dozen articles on right. that poll. None of them had that 56% number. You had to do a lot of research to figure out how many people don't support the movement. The lead in all of them right. was the 37% of the country. Now, that's very interesting because it is true. I saw the 36% <clears throat> number everywhere. People saying, hey, there's support, there's support. And I believe if you know if our theory is correct that uh, the same people run uh, both the left and the right networks and the Democrats run Fox News, that they're just setting us up again to divide us into camps, the Fox News watchers, the MSNBC watchers, the CNN watchers, they're just messing with their mind because these guys, they, they, they absolutely uh, turn it around. This is, you know, this is what statistics 
where all these uh, publications are saying 36% say, good, we love it. Hey, that's a growing number. That looks great. And then Fox turns it around and says, no, people hate it. It's more than 50%. They hate it. The country does support Occupy The Washington Wall Post, that's the lead. 37% support. And there's nowhere where Even it says the, majority the number does that not. doesn't support it. Right. Uh, we will talk more about what's going on at Wall Street. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is fantastic. Thanks, Maria. Listen, listen to this story. You know, a lot of you were weighing in this morning on email and Twitter on this. A Florida mom, her name... So they... they, they they went straight on to the story again. They went, this is the same story they just discussed. They just did it. And it's and like, they just reading it off the prompter, paying no yeah. attention like it's a new story? Here's the headlines. Uh, Florida mom. Well, this this is what it is because they know that people are so, so zombified. That, you wow, know, they're like, that's huh? really bad. That's oh, yeah. very, I think it's borderline unprofessional. Meanwhile, there's one guy uh, who we brought up on the last show who lays it out so eloquently. This is Dylan Radigan again. Uh, the outlier from uh, what is he? He's on. He's on MSNBC. He's on MSNBC. He, uh, uh, he brought him in when Cable Town took over the network. Who? What is Cable Town? Comcast. Oh, that's Cable Town. Is that what it's called? Cable well, that's Town? what it's called on the forty on the Thirty Rock show, and it's like oh. everyone calls it Cable Town now. Well, I, what do you think? The because uh, he was the guy that had Imogen on, uh, and where that that signal got blocked as she was uh, harping about the drones. By right. the way, that's Imogen. Uh, Lloyd Webber. Turns out yeah. that's Andrew Lloyd Webber's kid. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's an activist. Of so why why do you think that, because this guy, and you'll hear it in a minute, is definitely saying the right things, and he's spot on. Why do you think they're bringing him in? Is, is there a because reason? Because when Cable Town took over NBC, NBC was le- very left-leaning because Immelt was running the show, and he's the one that's Obama's good buddy, so he takes orders. And so they pushed this this liberal agenda on all the stations, and the Cable Town guys don't are, they don't they're not politically the same. So they want to have a little more balance on MSNBC. So they've they've kind of brought in this this uh, Dylan Radigan guy. Play that clip. It can't last. Final and yet another breach of fairness, which is platinum citizenship, as advocated by Tim Geithner and his predecessors, and everybody else. So the Tea Party shows up and they say, "This is nonsense. We're not doing this." Now the Tea Party, that energy, that upwelling of energy, that rejection of that unfairness, rapidly became a political vehicle for all sorts of interests that had nothing to do with what the Tea Party started on. And you don't have to look any further than the Tea Party's refusal to actually engage the banks. And I'm sitting here as an anchor at MSNBC. I'm like, oh man. When the bank reform comes, the Tea Party's going to be on their throats. There's no way they're going to be able to get away with this. Tea- Nowhere. Nowhere. And so you get this first rejection of a Tea Party. Then you also have the Obama wave, which is Obama's going to fix. President Obama will fix this. Senator Obama will become president and he will fix this. Didn't happen. I believe the occupation is like the third wave. Think of it like sets of waves of energy or, or hands at a blackjack table. The origins of the occupation, which I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody will ever ultimately know, I think are less, for me, are less relevant than the energy of the rejection of unfairness that is being continued to be expressed either through the support of President Obama and his candidacy, which was the perception that that would get fixed it, the emergence of the Tea Party before it was co-opted, and now uh, the Occupy movement, which honestly, that, if history is any indication, the Occupy movement won't go anywhere either, by the way, but you will continue to see waves of rejection of unfairness because the world is so transparent now that everybody can see it. 
Everybody knows the problem. The problem is our government is bought. <laughs> the Democratic Party is bought. The Republican Party is bought. That's not an opinion. Remember, 94% of the time, this is a, this is a fact, 94% of the time, the candidate who raises the most money wins. That is yeah. not a democracy. That is an auction. So, so <laughs> I love it. It's an Good auction. Line. Yeah, and he's absolutely dead on. And we've pointed out before, people who listen to the show for a while, that Dylan Radigan, a guy caught him when he first started doing it. I was a little, I would, my jaw dropped about it. And the only explanation is that is obviously Comcast Cable Town. And, uh, but, but, but the, but he's got it dead on the Tea Party co-opted, but now it's the he Tea Party it. Yeah, by Dick it. Army and the yeah. Tea Party yeah. Express and all yeah. the rest of it yeah. co-opted. Obama co-opted. And by the insurance companies and by whoever, and now this group is go- is obviously getting co opted in unions. one way, shape, or form. So, it's gonna, so what I did, right. I let up a little trial balloon yesterday because I'm thinking, yes, it's going to be co opted. But I I came up with a, I came up with an idea. Uh, it happened at dinner the other night. It turns out it's not a new idea. It turns out that Max Kaiser, who actually tweeted me and said it was great and everything, uh, and I like Max Kaiser. I think he brings credibility to anything. Um, in 2009, he came up with this idea. So I started a website, OccupyCoke.com. And if you go to OccupyCoke.com, you'll see that what I'm essentially saying is, uh, if you want to have some true power as in this Occupy movement, the only thing you have to do is move the markets. Because that, that will get people's attention. Because we know the corporations own the politicians, and Wall Street is their pimp. That's, that, that's the problem. That's what everybody is saying. So all we have to do is take this very simple product, which we don't need, which is Coca-Cola, stop drinking it, and start Occupy, you know, the Occupy Coke or Occupy Coca-Cola movement. Just target one company, one company that really isn't necessary. We do do not need to drink Coca-Cola, even though every single person on the planet, according to their own website, has 89 servings of their product per year, 1.7 billion servings. And, and this is not about, you know, I, I don't give a shit about corporations that are successful. This is not about companies are evil. I don't care. But if the Occupy movement can show that by threatening that we're not going to drink Coke, we're stopping, we're not, we're not consuming your product, the stock price will go down. And, and as Max Kaiser pointed out in, in 2009, which I, I have the video up on the website as well, when the hedge fund managers get a hold of the, they, when they sniff it, they'll start shorting it, and it can really take a stock down from what is now sixty-eight. You know, it could take it down twenty points. That would be true power. Then and you could then actually what would show something. It, it would show. Well, I think what it would accomplish is fear, because you know people standing out there with signs being marginalized by mainstream media. No one gives a crap, and no one has a message. So if the message was, hey. We're going to take corporations down one by one. I think that fear would propagate. You have to be on your sixth or seventh corporation before anybody would take it seriously. But, John, I'm not arguing. Stop drinking Coke is impossible. These people are addicted to it. So I'm not going to argue that. I'm just saying if no one even and just it was more important to me, the responses that people gave was like, oh, that's a stupid idea. You'll put 100,000 people out of work. That's not going to help. It's like, this shows me that this movement is completely bogus. There's nothing to You've it. You've been saying that since no, the beginning. I know, but I had a little faith. I had a little, <laughs> I had a little, I really like, I had, it's a good idea. You know, you, we, if all we have to, we have the power, just stop consuming. 
Stop. You know, it's gotten to the point. It's a, yeah, I, I, that first of all, you know, we've been brainwashing. You have, even when you have your dinner, you see that happening. Mm-hmm. But but a couple of things that are kind of interesting. This group of protesters in the Occupy are such sheep. I mean, they they won't <laughs> applaud anymore. They do these little hand signals for applause and this this up and, and down. Ooh, they have, yeah, seven. They uh, hold their hands up and they wiggle their fingers and they hold their hands down and they wiggle their fingers because someone was arrested for clapping. So it's now illegal to clap in a public assembly in New York. So they dreamed up this little roundabout kind of bypass. And it's one thing after another. They can't have megaphones. So they do this stupid thing. So they look essentially made to look like monkeys because they don't have the gall to throw a brick through the window because, oh, God, that's not good. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable how much bull crap they, they put up with. And it's essentially, if you really look at it, it's just a way of getting, uh, obviously, it's just a social thing. It's just like, let's go meet at the at the event and maybe, you know, we won't get our heads crushed or we won't get arrested. And it's great for promoting your book. And if you're yeah, an idiot like uh, Michael Moore who wants, you know, the fall of capitalism and he's got a book to sell, he'll show up. So I think uh, Dylan Radigan is right on the money. Uh, bravo, and I'm glad it's out there, although, of course, no one watches MSNBC. And, well, and he's on at some hour that is just, he's on some death knell hour. And then there was but the... they have him there, and it's interesting, and the clips are great. And someone put together some some producers, like, hey, we got to make this look really global, man. Let's see if we can spread it to here. Hillary's techno experts put together a video about Occupy Wall Street in Iran. <laughs> and they got, like... Five Muslim women, you know, wearing uh, wearing scarves and stuff, holding up pre-made signs like Wall Street capitalism down. <laughs> and here's the report. The Occupy Wall Street movement has now spread to Iran. Dozens of students gathered in front of the Swiss embassy in Tehran today, calling for an end to capitalism. They chanted anti-U.S. slogans and set fire to an Israeli flag. Yeah, and that was real. That that was not at all orchestrated. I totally believe that. I really believe it. And then Brzezinski was on Morning Joe. Now, Brzezinski is, uh, what's the girl's name? Milika? Minika? Mukaba, Milika, Mukaba. yeah, Muk- that's, Muk- that's the one we'll use. Mukaba Brzezinski, and she has her dad on. It's like, oh, dad, baby, baby. Hi, dad. And Brzezinski, of course, uh, is I, I truly believe one of the people orchestrating a lot of yeah, this. Yeah, he's according to your theory, he's the root of all evil in the world. Yeah, he's he he is the root. He is the real root. Not that phony Washington Post blog. This guy's the root, and he's instigating an incredible amount of violence which which as you and i assert is what they want they want violence they want people to revolt and start swinging wildly because then you can in, implement more police state lock people up drones drone <laughs> and uh, here's what he had to say and i was literally blown away by what he is calling for but unfortunately there is in by the way i love the way he talks an even larger number of people who massively enriched themselves over the last decade incredibly so to the degree that we now have this highly disproportionate social divisions between the rich and the poor and i think they should be made known publicly public pressure public condemnation public shame can be very effective but when it comes to yeah yeah, he's talking about publicly shaming rich people 
And <laughs> you know, we take the the client, the clients of uh, Kleiner Perkins. Yes, we already know who they are. Well, no, he's saying that they don't know. There's all these. Yeah, there's good people like Warren Buffett. <laughs> good people like Warren Buffett who uh, who give back to the community, but we have to shame the rest. Government, when it comes to Congress, I think Congress has to realize the fact that the financial economic system cannot operate autonomously yeah. and in secrecy in many cases. Yeah. That we have to have disclosure, yeah. we have to have transparency, yeah. and we have to have control. Yeah. So more control over the banks, more control over the hedge funds particularly, more control over earnings. We must have control over everything, more control, control over... Control over earnings? What, is, what over kind of earnings. fascist is this guy? He, well, listen to him. I think he's a... He, he, more control. We need more control. And this is on Fox M and they're laughing No, this up? is MSNBC, Morning Joe. Oh, is Joe, this on MSNBC? With my daughter Mukaba. Mukaba, Brazil. It, it is fantastic. More fair distribution of social responsibility yes. through taxation and the elimination of loopholes. Yes, we must tax more people, have more control over everything. As I wrote in my book, The Grand Chessboard, this is exactly what we want. And pressure even on the rich to avoid flaunting their wealth. Stop Flauntering your wealth, Paris Hilton. No, I want to expose you. We must occupy Paris Hilton. The way some of them do. I see this guy often. and you, when you do this voice, which you sound like him, this sounds like Triumph, the dog. That <laughs> For me to poop on. For me to poop on. People who have huge new yachts because that's become a symbol of wealth. Look, you have a huge yacht. For me to poop on. For me to poop on. Wait a minute, how do I do it? Let me tell you about these yachts. This is really disgusting. I'm struck how often these people who made all this money in America have on the back of the boat their registration. Cayman Islands, British West Indies, some obscure island in For me to poop on. the Pacific. Now, doesn't that tell you something about their taxes and their financial arrangements? I think public disclosure by the mass media could go a long way towards <laughs> a social awakening that's responsible and constructive in its effects and doesn't produce a stupid counterproductive witch hand. Yes, witch we, we must expose all of their wealth and there are people who are not paying taxes and the Paris Hilton you stop flaunting your wealth or I will poop on you the, 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 I, it, to me it's, and yes they were lapping it up wow oh, Mr. Brzezinski yes uh, I know I received an award but I'm just humbled I'm very very humble I'm very very old I'm just an old guy I'm not in control of anything it is the control that we must take get rid of Congress must shame these people so we can poop on them. <coughs> it's bad, right? Well, here's one thing I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. The it's, fact that this guy, the guy has his nerve. <coughs> He's a reptile. He looks pretty good for 150. Yeah, it's probably taking, he's injecting babies, fetuses into his bloodstream in <laughs> Switzerland. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Ha, ha. In the morning. So we have a bunch of $111.11 uh, people we want to uh, thank for this uh, show, 250. Yeah, that's right. 11-11 uh, is coming up. Big day. 11-11-11 is coming up. Please get on board and... and uh, 
11, well, 11, 1, 11 is coming up, and then 11, 11, 11. Double shot. We got a double shot of 11s, everybody, right here on the No Agenda in the Morning Show. <laughs> At the top of the list, though, is Stuart Allen, who uh, just came in over the transom on a, as a check oh. for $111 without a note because it came from a bank. Okay. Good try. Whatever. (laughs) Colin Clayton, Edmonton, Alberta, $111.11. Love the show. The one, this is the one show I look forward to twice a week. I've been a listener for a while, even though I own three challenge coins. I haven't donated. Here's my first donation. I've been looking for a better job recently, so I can use a shot of karma. All right. Let's uh, hit him with that right now. There you go. You've got karma. And he's got a Twitter address, C.W. Clayton, and he wants to hear from people in the Edmonton area. Uh, for a little, for a little the, meetup, you know, we, also a club have, up there. we also have noagendameetup.org, I think it is. Yeah, noagendameetup.org, and uh, Twitter's at C.W. Clayton. David C. Pugh in North Canton, Ohio, $111.11. Gregory Laudrup, Sir Gregory Laudrup, I'm sorry, North Hills, California, $111.11. John Nadam, keep up the media assassination. Can I get a birthday call out? We will do that in a minute. For Chelsea's niece, who will be celebrating her 25th. Thanks for using... Uh, uh, the PayPal mobile app. Oh, he sent using the PayPal mobile app. <laughs> That's mar- they had a mobile you app. fell for the marketing message. I can't believe it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> John Harris, I'm, I'm no different than anyone else. John Harris in Pinehurst, North Carolina, $111.11. Uh, Michael Greer, 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 Greer. Greer, this is uh, uh, Miss Mickey and I stayed at, uh, at their house in Shikshini, Pennsylvania, with their, lo- oh. with their lovely dogs and their lovely log house, and we had a big meetup. It was great. Uh, log houses are great. $111. John and Adam, as my wife and I celebrate our 14th wedding anniversary this year, I discovered that the year of our wedding, 97, plus the number of years we've been married, equals 111. Oh, so no. Thought, certainly this must be a sign, and karma is on our way. We deserve a de-douching as we're long-term listeners, but sadly, only first-time donors. Give them a do- de-douching karma combo. Absolutely. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And for his wife, Sarah. That's one mother I'd like to f- I had a fantastic, or we had a fantastic experience doing the Hot Pockets tour, hoping Hot Pockets might find its way back to the East Coast. I do, too. Especially <laughs> as our dogs miss playing fetch with Adam and Miss Mickey. Thanks for the knowledge and critical thinking you've brought to our lives. I hated it when I, you know, I kept throwing Mickey in the air for the dogs to fetch. You know, at a certain point, they just got tired of it. Yeah, I would think you'd get old fast. <laughs> Go fetch her. Go fetch her, boy. Robert Goshko in Sherwood Park, Alberta, $106.83. John Dan, here's my top-up amount to make my total donations to $111.11. To all the boners out there, he wants to call them all douchebags for not douche donating. Anonymous in Parts Unknown, 100 bucks. Uh, he's got a just a thank you uh, for years being put in these... For, for all the work we do to help slaves like him, I'd like to contribute more. As I see your show is the only reliable source of information in this troubled world of ours, but unfortunately I'm currently working graveyard shifts for minimum wage. But wow. he still had enough time to give us $100, which is very, Beautiful. very thoughtful. Very nice. Uh, Aaron Moreno in Covina, California, 8888. John and M, last episode, my fiance Nadine Zanotti, the Frenchie, yeah, the donated Frenchie. and asked for special karma for USC, my alma mater, yearly gridiron clash. We're not doing that again, by the way. I don't want any requests for karma for a football team. <laughs> Despite John's assertion that USC, that miserable team she roots for, that's what I said, had no chance and that the karma would have no effect. 
We had no problem beating the overrated and favored Irish by 14 points in honor of the victory. I'm donating $88. Well, maybe we will do this again. Yeah, I think it's 80, not a bad plan, actually. Oh, it's at 88 cents. Four eights for the eight years in a row. We've beaten John's alma mater, Cal. Thank you very much. I would appreciate a shot of karma for my brother, who's celebrating his third year of sobriety today. Keep up the good work and fight on. Hell yeah. You've got karma. Congratulations on that, bro. Then we've got Carol Ranson in uh, Christchurch, Canterbury. My odometer ticks over to 40 on the 26th. So here's a dollar per year apiece in support of the show. Please, can I get a uh, shot of get laid karma for this weekend? Yeah, all right, buddy. Here you go. Get laid. You've got karma. What the hell is that? Was a donation of 80. David Warner, Durham, North Carolina. Double nickels on the dime in the morning. Jen started listening again a few weeks after after dropping out during the early episodes. Love what you're done with the show. Great to see Adam delving deeper into memes beyond that old folder scruncher bit. <laughs> Not sure what that means. Well, uh, there is there are two types of people in the world. People who scrunch their toilet paper and people who fold their toilet paper. And I'm betting you're a scruncher. Huh. Although I don't agree with all your points, I actually prefer to take the train to the northeast over flying or driving up there. I enjoy your, well, yeah, if you had a short route, try taking one to Los Angeles. I enjoy your insight and your demolition of corporate media. Long may it continue. I'd like to get a podcast license for my own music podcast, Dave's Lounge, which has been unlicensed for the last six and a half <laughs> oh, years. Oh, no. Oh, it's, boy. That's dangerous. Still keeping calm and carrying on. I'd like to ask for two shots of karma, one for my friend Emily, who's been unemployed out in California for the last year or so, and long since again Long's once to live again. the American dream of just getting by, and one for me as I attempt to refinance my house with my credit union and get my mortgage away from Bank of America. Good luck. All right, here's Adios, a, mofos. Here's some karma for you. You've got karma. We don't do uh, double shots, so just uh, time. It, it goes two. a long way. Yeah. Victor Cintron in Running Springs, uh, California. I need karma to get a new house and for my horrible divorce. <laughs> Send a hello to all the U.S. Navy corpsmen. All over the world. All right. Here you go, Navy boys. You've got karma. John Critchley in Forch. Or Forch. It's near Zurich. Hmm. It's Forch, huh, according to JD. Uh-huh. There it is again. In celebration of our BCM test weekend, previous time, it was the first donation after listening to Curry since the DSC was in double digits. You only got I was in Forch. According to JD, it's near Zurich. Hoping to, uh, for this is it's like one sentence, I can't read it. Hoping for something positive before my pay cut kicks in. He needs a karma desperately. You've got karma. And we have a few dollar donations from uh, Greg Steerly in Santa Monica and John Lake in Sacramento and Paul Vela in Towchester, Northamptonshire in uh, the UK. And also we have one, um, one kind of... Uh, uh, miscellaneous karma call out for a, a student who wants to get a better grade in algebra. Uh, yeah, this is Andy Andy Bilbray from Chandler, Arizona. Bilbray, yeah. Yeah, so uh, could really use the karma to get me through my algebra class. He's a 33-33 donor, so he falls under the level, but uh, we like to pick stuff up when we can. Need all the help and good karma I can get to pull off a decent grade in this class. Long-time listener, first-time donor. Please help. Your show helps me get through an otherwise boring work week. So he's working and uh, and going to school. Hey, hey, here's to living the American dream, my friend. Just getting by. You've got karma. Nice. 
And that wraps it up for uh, for this week. That will wrap it up. And you should go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, NoAgendaShow.com. Hit the donation button or NoAgendaNation.com. Uh, hit the donation button or buy a slave T-shirt. Uh, a small portion of that goes to the show, so we'd appreciate hitting the donation really? button. Only a small portion? We must no. expose them. We must shame, shame <laughs> these people who are taking our money. And blatantly flaunting, flaunting that they are slaves. Go to Dvorak.org <coughs> slash N-A. So I can Pull your poop. voice out with that voice. I can poop on you. Thank you all very much. Uh, and, of course, uh, we have two 11-11-11s coming up. <coughs> have 11-1-11 and 11-11-11. Uh, these are magical numbers. 11-11-11 is actually big, a big number because... As I'm doing the show on that Thursday, uh, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center will be literally deconstructed around me. Uh, as the idea is the movers come in and they'll be take, it's like, it's like the old Jackson Brown song, you know, it's just like, make sure you got everything all loaded up and good to go before you come for my piano. Uh, cause the, the studio will be the last thing to go after the you show. You have a piano? <laughs> the studio will be the last thing to go and, uh, and we'll pack that up and then, the truck goes, and as Miss Mickey and I will hop, we're actually driving out east. We're driving to uh, to Austin, taking the, the 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 Range Rover, the 1999 Beast, and uh, and that'll be it. And then we're off to Austin, and then uh, I will do one show from a hotel, pre 911 car without a tracking device. Oh yeah, it, there's a couple other things it doesn't have, <laughs> like a radio. Like I hope a, it has an air conditioner. Like, well, I got to get this fixed. Um, the problem with um, see these cars weren't built for this type of weather, and the fuse box, which you know these days is not just fuses relays, um, it gets so hot that the actual fuse box itself melts, and then the, the the relays don't sit properly. So you have to jiggle them, and then the air conditioner works, but then it melts again. So I have to spend three hundred dollars, and that's without the labor to get a new box installed because these stupid British the, the Brits know nothing about electronics. The car's okay. When it comes to the radio doesn't work, the sunroof doesn't work, you know, the air conditioner's dropping out. It's crap. Hello, Lucas. Lucas? One of the big uh, auto electronics companies out of England. Oh, man, this sucks. The well, Saab, I mean, that'd be Lucas. Uh, the, you know, the Saab is, I, I'm, I'm going to drive it over a Mulholland Drive and crash it and fake my death. Okay. Because uh, the Saab, I have to say, it's running like a champ. But you, you should just take the Saab and sell the other car. You're never going to get it fixed in Texas. No, I'm going to get it. I'm going to have uh, Hovick, Hovick fix it uh, before uh, uh, before we go. I got to. I got to do it. You know, Mickey was like, yeah, why don't we go lease a car? I'm like, no, I'm not leasing a car ever again in my life. I'm not going to do that. We're taking this car, and we'll drive it until it's dead. What about the Saab? Well, if Christina gets her license, I'll leave it here. And otherwise, I'm selling it. Yeah. Hey, darling. Are you pissed off? No. What's up? No. Are you just, oh, you love me? Oh, <laughs> I guess Mickey was laughing about the get laid karma. <laughs> Put yourself in an envelope and FedEx yourself to the guy, honey. <laughs> 30 second delay. All right. Anyway, so programming mode. slash N-A. Hey now, hey now, Greg 
Gregory Lundrup says happy birthday to his niece Chelsea, who celebrates on the 25th. That's in two days from now. And Carl Ransom uh, congratulates himself, turning 40 on the 26th. The big 4-0. Happy birthday, everybody, from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And uh, we're very happy to be able to knight a couple of people uh, today. That's uh, that's awesome. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Of course, this does include the coveted uh, No Agenda Night Signet Ring, uh, which can go through the washing machine without a scratch, as we've heard earlier. So let me just grab my... Uh, you got your blade? Yep. Yeah, perfect. Paul Gallagher, Robert Clayson, and Robert Gosho, Goshko, step forward, Neil... Thank you so much for supporting the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. In the amount, uh, sometimes in excess of $1,000, you truly are in our hearts and minds. And hereby, we proudly pronounce the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtables, Sir Paul, Sir Robert, and the other Sir Robert. Come on over here. Hot pants and booze, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay for you as Knights of that No Agenda Roundtable. And uh, that is an official title. There's no reason why a knighthood from the queen is worth any more. I mean, yeah, the medal's fancier, but okay, someone's always got to be the boss. But in general, it, it's it's the same thing. Just like our credits for executive producer and associate executive producer, they're real credits. It's it's one. This is a true media show with media veterans. Yep, absolutely. So we uh, we didn't talk about this Tennessee Viper team. Uh, oh yeah, we got lots of email on this. Well, and and I ha- actually had the clip for the previous show, but we didn't get to it because I'm like, yeah. So what else is new? We know this. We knew this was going to happen. These Viper teams, TSA out on the highways. Yeah, they had them in San Francisco recently during the protests and the Bart the Bart protests. Miss Mickey just came in and says she wants to do a mini hot pockets tour on her way out east. Okay. That's not a bad idea. You should at least have a couple meetups on your way. Okay. Hot pockets. All and right. You got Arizona. I'll have a lot a- of people. We got people in Arizona. You got your. Uh, we got New Mexico. We have a couple of early nights in New Mexico that yeah. we haven't heard from for a while. We might want to stop by and say hi. Mickey, why don't you hop on Napu after the show? The No Agenda producer update and uh, and coordinate that. Yeah, why don't you go see these, uh, especially our New Mexico nights, the All right. um, uh, the husband and wife team that we haven't been. Uh, in good cl- contact with recently. Okay. I think they gave up on us. Oh, that would suck. Who were they? Yeah. You remember their names? No, I'll, I'll get them. Okay. All right. Um, I don't want to embarrass them. So the same uh, Fox and Friends show where I'm looking up the chick's skirt, which is intentional. Listen, to, which I, I think, uh, I forgot who came up with the term, but I like it. Press you know, the- by the way, I want to mention that you, know, you, you laughingly say it's intentional. If you watch, they have this show called The Five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, have- with uh, Dana Perino. Perino's on it sometimes, yeah. and, and there's and Gilfoyle's on it. Whoever's on it, usually Gilfoyle, who's got great legs, and they always put her on the end, so the shot yeah. of the whole table has got these terrific legs kicking around underneath the table right at the on the end there so you can really get a good look this is done on purpose this is you know he did sounds like adam's joking about no 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 i'm not and of course i always bring up the is she hot is she hot because that's how it works people this is it it is a total package it's not we're not joking no we're not i mean we are the curry dvorak consulting group and we know what we speak of so uh while i'm looking uh, literally i mean it's crazy she uncrosses her legs and it's like Sharon Stone, and it's intentional. They are, so I think the term is prostitute, 
which I think is funny. It's not ours. Prestitute. But, but I like prostitute. Uh, so, so this prostitute is cheering on the Viper uh, TSA what? search. Yeah, listen to this. All right. Thank you so much, Maria. Well, you know, all know the TSA. You know the criticism, of course, that's been heaped upon the TSA for, for, for the, uh, the groping at the airports. <laughs> now get ready because the TSA may be groping your tires. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the TSA may be coming to your cars, not just the full body scans at the airports. In Tennessee, they're the first state now to bring their form of inspection. They're calling this new program the VIP are visible intermodal prevention and response. What could happen to you? You're driving down the highway, you pull over to a way station, and state troopers can then inspect your car. By the way, they can't. That is, as far as I'm concerned, against the Fourth Amendment. They cannot just inspect your car. John, you're the constitutional scholar on the show, on the panel. Well, it goes like this. I, I believe this would be the position I would take if I was trying to inspect your car under these circumstances. When you signed up for a license, you agreed at that point to have, uh, because the license is a privilege, is not a right. Once you take that, uh, accept that privilege, then you you can have your car inspected at will by the state. I disagree. I know. I would. I could see that the, the the that you could take this to court and prove your side of it. I but would. I think my argument, what I just said, I believe is what they're thinking. I would stay in my car and I would say, am I being detained? And if they say yes, then okay, I'm being detained. If not, then I'm sorry, no, you can't search my car. That would be my stance. But that's not really the point of the clip. Okay, well, that's the negative spin, but the positive spin is that Tennessee, their own Department of Homeland Security says, look, where is a terrorist attack most likely to happen? It's not in an airline anymore oh, because there's been so much attention. It's, it's probably in a hey, truck bomb. Or Hold on a second. I would, when I think terrorist attack, the first thing I think of is Tennessee. <laughs> Paducah. Oh, no, it's Kentucky. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nashville. Nashville. They're going to blow up Nashville and maybe Memphis. You know, it could be B.B. King's club. <laughs> Listen, it's Sir Jeff Smith, the terrorist. His club. That's where the terrorists hanging out. For cars, not just the full body. But, but listen, listen to what she says. Body scans at the airports in Tennessee. They're the first state now to bring their form of inspection. They're calling this new program the VIPR, Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response. What could happen to you? You're driving down the highway. You pull over to a way station, and state troopers can then inspect your car. Okay, well, that's the negative spin, but the positive spin. Negative spin? Let's talk about the positive spin. Look at my legs, look at my crotch. Positive spin is that Tennessee, their own Department of Homeland Security, says, look, where is a terrorist attack most likely to happen? It's not in an airline anymore because no. there's been so much attention right. on airlines. It's probably in a truck bomb or yeah, a car bomb. Train. We've heard, train. We've heard <laughs> lots of reports of possible terrorist attacks that would involve a car bomb. So they say they're now pulling over trucks at way stations with bomb-sniffing dogs. And, I mean, you could argue that this is the most brilliant thing that Tennessee has done uh, in terms of security ever. <laughs> Let's argue that for a moment. This is the most brilliant thing Tennessee has ever done with their own Department of Homeland Security. It's brilliant, John. This is, I mean, think about it. Where, where are terrorist attacks most likely to take place? On the road, in trucks, and trains. 
Who is this whore? Because <laughs> this may be the next line of attack. Right, having a dog pop up to a car and sniff for any sort of explosives or any sort of fertilizer oh, wow. bombs or truck bombs like we saw in the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah. So let us know what you think about it. Is yeah, John, why don't you call up and let us know what you think about this it. This is a right move for the TSA, uh, friends at Fox News. like to hear Judge Napolitano on this. He won't like it. I can just It'll be at the mall next because that's where he terrorists won't like it. That's where terrorists not. are most likely to attack at the mall. You can have TSA everywhere. It's yeah, well, they got to give somebody work. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Now, when you go on the ferries in Seattle, they have a, they TSA? Have a, TSA? Uh, a security system, but it's essentially a couple of dogs that walk all over the place and they sniff around, and that's it. There's not nobody's pestering you or or checking out your car or making you open the trunk or anything. It's just dogs, which is fine if you're going to do that, but not if you're pulling people over. Now, truck stops, if they're worried sick about trucks, most throughout most states they have weighing stations because the trucks are taxed based on how much, you right. know, right. what a mess they make in terms of the carrying too much weight or being overloaded becomes a huge problem if the overloaded truck, you know, breaks down or something or, or digs into the road because it wheels blow up uh they can do their whatever they need to do they can have a dog at the way station sniff around for whatever they're looking for this is bull crap this is essentially just pulling people over to harass them looking for drugs looking for guns looking for anything this is like the tsa claim that at the airports they're only looking for security reasons they have arrested person after person on weapons charges for having some marijuana and all these other things, even though they keep saying, no, that's not what we're there for. Yeah, this is a police state. You! I love yeah, her. she's all for it. <laughs> you just said, who is that whore? That, that was big. Did I say that? You said, who is this whore? Yeah, that was pretty big. Uh, that was, that was uh, kind of female unfriendly. It must have been slipped out. I'm just saying. Um, this is a... And then I'll shut up for a bit. <laughs> this is a moment where I'd like to... Take a moment and thank our brilliant artists who have been just doing such an amazing job recently with uh, album art for the No Agenda podcast. And uh, they upload this to uh, noagendaartgenerator.com or .info. And uh, we've had such an uh, just it's been hard to choose, I have to say. And I don't want anyone to get um, disheartened when they're not chosen i mean and, and we do back up one time we had to go back three weeks and we pulled the piece up yeah i mean because sometimes a topic is just right and and this is what we do after the show is we it's title and then we you know we we do sometimes half an hour talking about which piece of art to choose so do you think i was out of line when i called her a whore for whoring for the government i didn't say that i was just a little shocked that's all mm. you know normally you're not like this i apologize if it was no, out of line. i don't think it was out of line no. Okay. No. It was just a little, you know, I was taken aback for a moment there. It's not like you. Maybe decaf would be. Generally, but she really irks me, this woman, whoever oh, yeah. she is. Oh, yeah. No, and she's not hot, by the way. Which is, but she's got well, great... She shouldn't even be on the air. <laughs> the Curry Dvorak Consulting Company forces you off the air. So anyway, um, so and people who do that, you get a credit uh, in the show notes at the top there as who's uh, who's done the art. And uh, it's a, that is also a, you know, a real credit. It looks like the uh, Barack Obama dot com people are taking a page out of our uh, out of our uh, initiative, and they are now soliciting artists to design a poster for the Obama campaign. 
They want it to be a jobs poster. And uh, what they're doing is they're saying, um, here, create a poster illustrating why we support President Obama's plan to create jobs now and why we'll reelect him to continue fighting for jobs for the next four years. If you are chosen, if your artwork is chosen, what do you think you win, John? A visit at the White House at, a, at one of the big giant dinner receptions? <laughs> if only. What? You no. don't even get a dinner? No, you get a framed copy of your own poster signed by the president, and it says underneath, approximate retail value, $195. <laughs> and if you don't win... Well, that's too bad because you've surrendered your intellectual property. If you look at the uh, so terms they, and the conditions, White House owns the copyright. They own the copy. No, not well. BarackObama.com. dot yeah. com. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can. Uh, so here's potential slogans that they'd like: fighting for jobs, get America back to work, made in the USA, support small business. Uh, really, quite amazing. And you know, they only have like two hundred million dollars. Uh, and they, uh, they spend $8 million for a website. Yeah. So I think just, they give the guy more than a, a handshake. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, I just want to thank our artists for doing this selfishly. And of course, uh, if we gave them a, a framed copy of their art, re- actual retail value would be nowhere near $195. Could be worth more. Some of our artists are pretty good. Well, yeah, no, the stuff they do is uh, you, you couldn't buy that for five grand if you commissioned uh, an art director to do it. No. Yeah, no, we do want to thank them. We do, we do have great artists, and, we, and our art is fantastic. And every show we have a different piece of artwork that's a cover, album cover art for the podcast. And uh, I think we've, this is as good as any. I mean, there should be a podcast award for our art. Oh, that's not even taken into consideration. In the podcast awards. I see people voting, though. I know they're voting for us and for Devorah yeah, Corowitz on that. What's it called? Podcastawards.com? Yes, I believe so. We need votes. <laughs> so we were doing stuff the ballot box. You can vote every day. Somebody should set up some bots. Yeah, please, yeah a bot would be good. We, a bot would be good. But vote, 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 vote every day. Do you think all these other podcasts are all shilling and saying vote for us? Oh, I know they are. I've heard it. Yeah, I heard it on Dvorak Horowitz. We don't Horowitz. push ourselves enough onto these <laughs> award shows. No, we don't. I know we don't. But we're in, I like it that we're in the people's choice category. That's uh, that's always good. So it's a, like a write-in ballot. The people wanted us in there. Yeah. If we truly are the greatest, there should be a category. Greatest podcast in the universe. Well, then there would only be one listed. <laughs> I've heard these other ones. All right. Hey, you got some more things here that I, that look interesting. Uh, let's see. What do I have? PBS uh, pitch for money. What was that? Well, that was, I was going to use that before our donation plea, oh, but sorry, uh, it's very boring, but oh. we can use it next time. Okay. I mean, but it's classic pitch for money. Uh, I had the uh, ways in on Libya. Then I have this crazy clueless PBS thing. And I want you to listen to it carefully. And then I want to dissect it because it's very funny. Whether it turns out well or ill, we'll, we'll see. But that is a, just a tremendous change. But it's is, a tremendous change. But let's get one thing. There's a marvelous uh, term in logic, uh, post hoc, uh, not propter hoc. In other words, because something happened after something, it's not because of something. Saddam Hussein falling was because the United States moved in and occupied and invaded a country that had never posed a threat to the United States, did not have weapons of mass destruction. The United States did not play an active role in those in the Arab Spring. And it quite r- r- miraculous and remarkable was that it occurred without us and without our active involvement. What? 
Now, now what? let me get a couple of things here. Are you kidding me? This is Mark Shields. Now, let me, first of all, he says, post hoc, not proctor hoc, some sort of logical thing. He says, just because something happened doesn't mean whatever followed is because of it, which is, but then he cites the United States invades Iraq and then his, his uh, Saddam Hussein falls. Had that n- is exactly what caused it. Had nothing to do with it. No. And so, but he argues that no, it was just a coincidence. But it, so, in other words, he he violates his own point right off the bat, yeah. and then he goes on to say that we had nothing to do with the, despite the fact that we have this Twitter thing going on, all these initiatives with the techno experts, and that we're, yeah, we're training training th- training guys. thousands of techno experts, droning it's people. Like, this was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Wait on a minute, the, the president. The president literally said. In his uh, YouTube address today, he literally said that it is a direct result of how awesome we are. are. Let me just refute that, PBS. This week, we had two powerful reminders of how we've renewed American leadership in the world. I was proud to announce that, as promised, the rest of our troops in Iraq will come home by the end of this year. And in Libya, the death of Muammar Gaddafi showed that our role in protecting the Libyan people and helping them break free from a tyrant was the right thing to do. So it's a direct result, I think. Yeah, so I don't know what these guys are thinking over there. And the fact nobody, this is another problem that we have. Uh, I mean, when we even when we do our show, we have a direct link to the chat room. So like when we make an error of any sort, a minor <laughs> one or whatever, and we also have a couple of producers that are listening in, the Buzzkill Jr. and sometimes the uh, Eric DeShill is occasionally there. And, and so we make a, a crazy mistake like saying something that dumb we get called on it so within five minutes while doing the show in real time we correct ourselves and we've done that we do that every so often yeah yeah. uh these shows they have no self-correcting mechanism on the show itself and it's just a really old-fashioned way of doing things that it just doesn't work anymore and you end up with these idiotic commentaries that you know are just open for ridicule like that crazy thing if there's something i wanted to mention um you know, of course, uh, all the conspiracy sites are, you know, showing that Gaddafi's uh, corpse picture was uh, photoshopped. And I, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of Photoshop out there. But here's they had what, him laying, by the way, in a, in a cold room with the public looking at him. Well, here's, what I, yeah, well, here's what I don't understand. So we have, uh, and I see them all, all over uh, the news media, like, you know, and they're reporting directly from, uh, from Tripoli, I presume, or CERT. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and the, what the mainstream, the Guardian has an article today. They all show a picture of people taking pictures of Gaddafi. No one, right. for some reason, which I don't understand, and of course I can presume why, there's not a single, like, close-up shot or like a, like a video where they go in into the, into the meat locker and go in and zoom in on his face, and this is him. They're, all, they're always showing, I mean, is it too shocking for us or... You know, I I don't understand. Why are they only showing pictures of people taking pictures? Why not show me the picture that you have taken as responsible news media to show that this is true? Why? I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, why? I think it's a matter of taste. I think they've decided not to do it. And then they have, and if they do do it, then they have to live with the, why didn't you show, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden's, you know, head? And by the I way, don't know. They I said, don't know. All I know is it's really weird. <laughs> I know we don't know nothing, but which is our mantra. But you we know, we don't know nothing. We see nothing. When you shoot someone with a nine millimeter, 
which is what is claimed, uh, there's an exit wound. And that there's I don't see like a big chunk blown off on the other side. Not not what I've seen. Uh, I don't know they were shot in the head, was he? Yeah, but if you there's shoot, a million stories about what happened. He was he, he was, was shot drone, in the legs, and he was in an ambulance, and he was then he was grabbed by a bunch of CIA people, then he was grabbed by the public, then he was beat up, and then he was shot outside, and then he was shot in a tube. I mean, was, <laughs> he was like hiding in some hole, and they shot him in there too. I mean, how, 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 what, how, what did this guy, maybe? And by the way, this guy still could be a double, cloned and droned, an old woman. Well, yeah, but that happened to look like Gaddafi. That's that is exactly what the the British tabloid has today on the front page. It says uh, that the uh, what do you call it? The autopsy. They did an autopsy, and it turns out that Gaddafi was a tranny. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. They can't apparently. But you know, front page <laughs> was the Mail. No, Sports Sunday. Sports Sunday. Yeah, what? Are, <laughs> I don't know. It's not in the New York Times. I, well, not yet. Here, let me uh, let me see. Where's the? Uh, I think I have the uh, the Guardian. Gaddafi's uh, rumors. Uh, here, murky clouds. Um, no, I thought I had it in the show notes somewhere. It was funny. Um. I guess I didn't save it. Well, just do a search. Can we find something? I mean, Sports Sunday. Gaddafi. Okay, let's try this. This is one of our... uh, Consult the book of knowledge. I don't see it. Let's see. Hold on. Sports. News. Gaddafi's ruler of Libya. I'm not seeing Gaddafi a woman I'm looking for. I'll have it in a minute. Hold on. <clears throat> the chat room will have it faster than we have it, by the way. Well, uh, here it is. Uh, autopsy shock. Colonel Gaddafi was a woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, his kids didn't look like him, that's for sure. According to the Sunday Sport, the post-mortem shows the body to be that of a woman. There were fully developed lady parts, according to the Sunday Sport. <coughs> now, I'd like to point out that, remember Hitler's skull? That turned out to be a skull of a woman, age 40. So, uh, who knows? But I think that's pretty funny. The, the colonel was a tranny. Which is kind of sexy in a way. I don't know. It's something weird. About yeah, he's that. such a sexy looking guy. <laughs> oh my goodness! So who knows? But it would be funny if he popped up with a YouTube. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> like, hey, hey. <laughs> adios, mofos. Adios, <laughs> mofos. Living in parts no, unknown. That would be great. All right, uh, Jeremy Paxman is my final clip for the week. Uh, Jeremy is a funny guy on uh, Gitmo Nation East uh, BBC Televisione. And uh, he's being uh, lambasted now that he didn't keep his guests in control. So here's the scene. He's got a couple guests in the studio. One guy is uh, um, uh, a journalist. And right now in the European, in, in Gitmo Nation East in the UK, everyone is so upset about this Europe thing and the human resources. They're like, Get out of the Europe. Get out. We want to leave the EU. We want out. We want a referendum. We want to leave. And of course, no one's having any of that. The elites can't do that. And uh, so they bring on the. Um, let me see what this guy is. He's a. Um, 
He is uh, from the European Union Commission to talk about the euro. So this is, you know, top elite, and he's on the satellite from Brussels. And the guy in the studio keeps calling him an idiot. <laughs> the idiot in Brussels. It's just a funny clip, and I really liked it. Jeremy Paxman chaired a discussion about the euro, which involved a spokesman from the European Commission and the opinionated journalist Peter Oborn. These guys are in total and utter denial. It's terribly frightening listening to that idiot in Brussels. <laughs> and the guy's on. He's, he's hearing this. Uh, Mr. Idiot in Brussels, would you like to respond? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Idiot in Brussels. Would you like to respond? That's Paxman. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Uh, no, I think that uh, these words speak for themselves. What the Euro elite, that, that's idiots in Brussels... Will you stop referring to me as this idiot? That is just... No, he is. You, you listen to the low no, quality, the catastrophic you quality of his economic analysis. You may think that he's, he, he's <laughs> out of contact with reality, but that does not mean he's now walking out of the studio and... Good. Well <laughs> down. We can't, we can't even hold him to account now. <laughs> and the guy walks off the set. He's like, hey, stop calling me an idiot. And then, uh, so, so this is a report about uh, what happened, and of course it's all Paxman's fault. Because <laughs> you've just been gratuitously offensive. Sarah Miller was one of a number of viewers who were offended by what they saw. She wrote, Ooh. I was aghast at the behavior aghast. of Peter Oborn. Mr. Paxman should have stepped in earlier. I fear that the unchecked rudeness of guests will have an impact on the way viewers will view your behavior too. Meanwhile, Michael Wilde asked, why didn't Jeremy Paxman correct Peter Oborn's rude and gratuitous comments earlier, rather than smugly colluding with him until it became intolerable? This was simply vulgar, offensive, and xenophobic. Xenophobic, I tell you. Xenophobic? How's it xenophobic calling somebody out of the blue an idiot? And now an idiot in Brussels. <laughs> oh, I guess that would be it. Oh, lovely, lovely. Do we want to do those Lisa Jacksons? or uh, No, no, I'm going to save those because they take a little more uh, development because Lisa Jackson brought up a couple of interesting points that we'll talk about in the next show. And I, to be honest about it, the le- less I hear of her, hear her voice, the better off I feel. Uh, so for a Thursday show, I'm investigating uh, a study funded by the Wellcome Trust. Uh, apparently finding a direct link between the number of Facebook friends a person has and the size of their brain. Apparently, oh, the, <laughs> yeah, I'm in a scam. I'm investigating this one. Let I'm, me guess. Let me guess. The more Facebook friends you have, the bigger your brain. Correct. Just off the top of my head. How do you a, know these? You are such a genius. And I'm going to release a study. So everyone should have more Facebook friends because it <laughs> proves you're smart. I'm going to release a study, too. How about me? I got none. <laughs> it's like a pea, I tell you. You have no brain. That's right. I'm going to do... Uh, we have to come up with a good metric that uh, we can relate to penis size. That would be a funny study to release. What metric can we use? What can we do? Come up with the people who have, who give the most of the No Agenda Show at No Agenda Show have the biggest penis. slash and they have the biggest the biggest uh, members. <laughs> hey, uh, that's it for our show today. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, everybody. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry, and from Northern Silicon Valley, where uh, we uh, I had a little thing. Yeah, never mind. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> the No Agenda producer update is coming up next on the stream. We'll be back again on uh, Thursday uh, live morning at uh, nine. Pacific Standard Time, right here with no agenda. Adios, mofos. So, I mean, that is the land of unconfirmed radio. Yes, we came, 
we saw <laughs> he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, oh, I'm sure it did. Dvorak.org slash N-A